The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Yes, put your hand on your your laptops, your desktops, and let the vibe flow through because we are ready to roll. It is the midday week, and we are here on Sports Take. Along I hope with, uh, Barrett Brooks, I'm Derek Gunner. You might notice one third of the three amigos is absent today. Rob Ellis uh, is off today. Rob Ellis is also off tomorrow. Deserve some, uh, got some much deserved time off getting away from the likes of us. Well, more so Barrett than me because I think I'm the peace <laughs> between the two. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I can't believe he's off, man. I can't believe he's off, bro. I know he never takes a day off, never, man. So, him taking a day off, man, is crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, you know. But hey, it is hump day. He needs a break. I'm glad he didn't see, he, he don't even know how to do it right. He going to take off Wednesday and Thursday. Right. Well, hell, if it was me, I had to take off Wednesday and Thursday. I'm going to take off Friday, too. He's coming exactly. back to the What is he thinking about, man? But, hey, oh. that's Rob for you. Hey, look, man, I don't know, man. That dude's dedicated to the cause. He is a he's a mercenary. <laughs> and, and, you know, you know, you notice there's more energy in our voices when we get to Wednesday? It's like Wednesday. Monday through Friday, we just kind of, you know, we, we get through it. And all of a sudden, Wednesday comes. You have to crest of the hill, and, and you can see the valley. You're not down in the valley yet, but you can see the valley. Uh, coming up, which is the weekend. You see the other side, man. That's it, man. See the other side, bro. You know, two days and counting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to just I want to acknowledge all the people joining us today. As we always, we appreciate you, John Dickerson. You see, John Dickerson starting already. Put your hand on your ventilator while Degon crop dust you with three hours <laughs> of the sports and grilling knowledge. You see, you see what I'm saying? We're not even three minutes into the show, and John Dickerson started next. Joy B, I see you, yacht. Chris D, always happy to have you aboard with us. Whether you're, you're working one of your 20 jobs, you're listening to us while you're cleaning your house, whatever the case may be, Chris D has been so loyal to us. But plug, uh, I don't know. I think I might change that handle. I don't know, B-Brook. <laughs> Des, Des Deals, we see you. Tyler Bolich, Dre W, Tyler Connor, Connors. Uh, let's see, Jeremy Brewer. Who else we got up in here today, man? Um, 
Steve Ike. Yeah, we got you. We got you. Thank you for hanging with us and rolling up with us on this day. You know, B. Brooks, it's funny. It's the offseason in the NFL. We've gotten through. Um, Joey B said you need to do a segment from the garage, man, so we can see some of the stuff you're doing out there. You're right, man. You're right. I need to, man. I really need to. Um, it's just the internet sucks in my garage, man. I got to get one of those boosters. That's what I get. Um, a signal booster. But and I definitely then, would. Yeah, and then uh, Joey B says, you know, D-Gun, we need a segment from the deck, you know, grills, Traegers, Green Eggs. Hey, this spring or this summer coming up, I already told these guys I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a show out on the deck. I'm just gonna sit out on the deck, maybe have something grilling, occasionally pan over to it just to uh, just to entice Rob and Barrett that much more to try to detract them from what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it, but see, with my luck, you know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna get locked into a segment of discussion. All of a sudden, I look over and see flames, and and all we gonna have is like burnt wood on that grill. <laughs> no, nah, that'll never happen, bro. You'll never let that happen, man. man. Let me tell you something, man. You know, B. Brooks, um, I, I love football as we know it today, man, because it is a 24-7 year-round business. Uh, there's always something going on. And I wanted to open with this uh, because this is like right in your back backyard, your wheelhouse, so to speak. Uh, Greedy Williams uh, had his press conference yesterday here in Philadelphia. And one of the things that he talked about that really jumped out at me was he said, uh, it's, it's a winning culture here. I wanted to be a part of this. And, you know, we talk about cultures, and there's a lot of good cultures around the National Football League, and there are some that are not so favorable. So, first of all, I want, I want to go back with you. When you first came into the league as a second-round draft pick with the Philadelphia Eagles and you stayed here four years, tell, tell me what that culture was like back then because it was a team that was not necessarily in disarray, but it was like a rudderless ship, so to speak. You know, You know what I mean? It was – it was there, but nobody knew what direction was really going in. Bro, it was uh, Andy Reid's first – I mean, not Andy Reid, but um, it was um, Jeffrey Lurie's first year as yeah. owner of the franchise. He had just bought the franchise. In fact, I was a part of his first draft class. I was the first offensive lineman he drafted. It was uh, Mamula in the first round and then me and Bobby Taylor in the second round. They were trying to make that transition from the previous coach, man, who was horrible, man. I, I forget his name. He ended up going to the Jets after this. But um, he got Ray Rhodes in. And, you know, Ray Rhodes was not shy about saying whatever the heck he wanted to say. I mean, you name it, he would say some of the stuff he said, man. Some of his halftime, um, uh, you know, speeches and pregame speeches and stuff go down to history they're, they're infamous bro they're infamous put it like that man i'm talking about everything from from shears you know to 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 to, to you know rape everything happened when he was talking about getting ready for a football game it got to the point that you know guys were like uh yeah 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 let, let's go get him so they were many his speeches were infamous man so it was a different culture then. You know, he had a culture that, all right, just get the job done. Get the job done. We wanted to win. We won our first two years here. Went to the playoffs our first two years. Right, right. Um, we were turning the corner, man, but all of a sudden it, it, things started changing, man. He started having less power in the people he brought in. Like when he first got here, man, he was he went and got guys from off the street, basically. Daniel Stubbs, mm -hmm. like he just came out. You know, they found him in the park somewhere. Daniel Stubbs, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Miami yeah. guy, he was good, though, you know. Um, you know, my boy Ronnie uh, Ronnie Dixon. Ronnie Dixon was a truck driver. Yeah. he They got him off the truck. 
and came to play. My boy Kevin, um, what was Kevin's last name? Damn, I forgot Kevin. Kevin Turner. Johnson. Oh, Johnson, okay. Kevin Johnson, defensive lineman. Bruh, he was working in his family's liquor store when they went and got him. What? Yeah, so we had all kind of guys, man. We had a such a an elaborate group of guys, bro. Elaborate being you name it, we got it. William Fuller was, you know, these was it. Ricky Waters used to have Method Man and Red Man in the locker room. Charlie Garner was just his own little thing, you know what I mean? And that's the first time I first got to – when I first got to, you know, being in, in, in training camp and right, we're right. going in trying to get ready for the season, you know, it was already hard. We was in Westchester my first year. And, that you know, that stadium was down in a, in a, in a, in a, in a pit. And it was just hot. I mean, just super hot. I mean, it was it, it averaged like 98 degrees my rookie year, man. And I can remember sitting there and we're going through practice. And Ricky Waters, he took like probably 95% of the run plays. Right. And they gave Charlie all the pass plays. So we got to the end of practice. Charlie, like, he get he mad. He 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 hot now. So his running back coach name was Dick. And it, it, it was such, it was crazy to me because. All of a sudden, I saw Charlie look at Dick, rolled his eyes, took his helmet off, and went to not the next field, but the field after that. He went over the other side, took his helmet off, and sat on his helmet. What? Yes. Yes. So Ray Rose is like, you know, hey, uh, tell Charlie to come run these. He's like, nah, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. He was out there running all them uh, run plays, let that MF run these run plays, and sat over his helmet for the rest of practice. I'm looking like... That that just happened, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm not used to that type of thing. I'm a college guy, you know, coming from college. I mean, it was crazy, bro. It was some of the stuff that happened, man. We were Charlie was a different dude, man. I remember we, we watching, um, watching film as the as the total offense. Okay. And and Charlie Garner, he, he's sitting there, and the light switch is right here. Light switch is right there. All he has to do is go up, flip it down. So we're in a meeting, and all of a sudden, Dick is running a meeting. We're going through uh, 907. So, uh, hey, Charlie, could you turn the lights off? Dick asked me, yeah, Charlie, can you turn on, the lights come off? On, like, come on, man. Man, Dick, stop begging me. You don't pay me for that. Stop begging me, Dick. Dick, stop begging me. And sat right there like this. Wouldn't turn the light out? So Dick had to get all the way up from one side of the room, all the way over there, turn the lights off, and walk all the way back to his desk. Yes. Wait a minute, players got away with stuff like that back then? What do you mean get away? These are grown men who made more than the coaches. Dude, there's a certain amount of respect involved here. Do you think anybody would have done that to Andy Reid? It was the wild, wild west, dog, in that that room, man. And it was the wild, wild west, bro. So So you're saying in the infancy stages of Jeffrey Lurie's tenure, there really was no established culture. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, it got to the point that sometimes I I used to think that, you know, um, Angelo from WIP – what he said would happen, you know, as far as moves and and you know it, within the within the the framework of the team, you know what I'm saying? It's like you know he said, oh, I don't like this guy, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson get cut, man. It was crazy, you know, amount of disorganization and um re- rebellion in that locker room, man. It, it and this was during Ray Rose tenure. Yes, Ray Rose tenure, his first two years, and this is when we had the most success. When he finally got things all corralled in and, 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 and doing his culture, that's when we started losing. Wow. When it was the Wild Wild West, it was cool, man. I mean, it was literally a doggy dog world inside that inside, inside our um, locker rooms and stuff. You know, we're on the field, man. I can remember Ricky Waters and um, and, and Chucky, uh, you know, coach up 
what was his name, man? Officer, officer coordinator. We we call him Chucky. Um, dag on it. Um, he was a Raiders coach. Got fired. Was on was on uh, was on Monday Night Football. Oh my goodness! Oh, I'm having Some a brain Some of the streams got to help me out, man. You know this, you know CT, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Gruden, John Gruden. John Gruden. <laughs> yeah, John Gruden. Come on, guys. CTE. Yeah, CTE can't get in. But um, John Gruden, man. So John would be, you know, calling plays, and all of a sudden. Ricky will run over to the phone after we get off the field. Ricky will run over to the phone and pick up the phone and start cussing out, cussing out John Gruden up in the box. And you can literally see, look up and see John cussing him back out. I mean, they holding their crotch and everything, throwing it, you know, in middle finger up and everything. They're going back and forth. During the game? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was mass hysteria in that locker room, man. Mass so, hysteria. so you were here for what, two years in Ray Rhodes? I was here four years under Ray Rhodes. Oh, you didn't years. play for Andy. At all. How many years did you play for Andy? None. You didn't play for Andy. So, okay. No, none. So, none. So, Andy so, came in and I left. Okay. So then when you move on, where'd you, where'd you go next? Pittsburgh? No, then I went to Detroit. Detroit. Okay. And that was that. Uh, another, I mean, I don't know what it was, bro, but that was also one of those locker rooms. Bobby Ross. My second oh, year there, Bobby Ross quit halfway through the season. I remember that. Quit. He couldn't handle you people, man. Bruh, when I say it was crazy, man, it was we're going to play your uh we're going to play the pay. I mean, um the, the Packers. Packers. Yeah. We're going to play the Packers. So it's cold. It's cold in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? The snow on the ground. You know, in fact, we're going to, have to practice upstairs up, up on, on the fields. It's like a foot of snow on the fields. We're not getting anything done. Guys jumping off sides. We're playing around in practice. You know, we should have been out there. We should have been practicing inside. But we're thinking since we're playing. Green Bay, we would practice outside to get used to the elements, which is which is a total farce because when I went to Green Bay after I left Detroit, if you see one, if, if Brett Favre saw one snowflake coming down, oh, we're in the indoor, we're in the indoor, we went straight to the indoor. We never practiced outside, never. If it was one raindrop to fill, oh, we're in the indoor, and it was like a decided advantage, you know, as far as weather up there. We we never practiced in it, but we playing it. Right. So long story long, we're out there. I'm in Detroit, and we're out there practicing. Josh jumping off sides. We can't get anything done. So Ray Rose, and this is like our second. I mean, uh, uh, Rob, Bobby Ross. He see the practice. It's all unorganized. Guys walking around. He just starts just hopping in one place. Stop the practice. Stop the practice. He's just stepping up, hurting. And he's a little dude too. So he looked like a little midget. You know what I'm saying? Up there walking. Not a midget. I'm sorry. A little person up there. You know. My apologies, everyone. You can't say me. You can't I know, man. That. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's I'm I, I have nothing to do with this. Yes, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so, look. So, look. He starts just running the play. Stop the practice. And guys are walking. Stop walking. Come on. Stop walking. Run. Guys kept walking. They finally get to him. And he starts, you know, giving. I give my heart and soul to you guys. And Robert Porsche. And Herman Moore started laughing. Not like, not like that, but like, ah! <laughs> I mean, loud. Oh, That's just laughing at him. That's disrespect. Dog, the disrespect was so, it was so mean, dog, that he, something went out, he blacked out, and he fell face first into the snow. What do you mean he fell face first? Bobby Ross. Yeah, he blacked Coach out. Ross, he just fell face first. I guess he had a stroke. I don't know what, 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 I, I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what happened. But he fell face first into the snow. Boom. Didn't catch himself or nothing. 
They ran over and grabbed him. Coach Ross, Coach Ross. They, you know, so you know, coaches picked him up. He said, he got up. He's like, guys, just take it in. Just, just, just take it in. What? So we start walking away. We're starting to go in, and we had to walk down this little hill. Herman Moore turns around and says, Coach, does that mean we can just go home? We ain't got meetings either, do we? He fainted again in the, in the, in the coach's on, hands. Man. Yes, on, dog. Man. Yes. Come on. Come on. Yes. Yes. Come on. Yes. Come on, dude. So we all went home. We didn't even go to meetings. We all went home, came back the next day, and we're sitting there and in the meeting. And he said, guys, I don't know where I lost this team, but I know I've lost it. Robert Porsche says, I tell you when you lost it. We kept lying to us and stopped and, and, and not telling us the truth. When we came to you with, with serious issues, you lied to us too much. I mean, he, he just went off, went off. And 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 Ross just stopped the meeting and walked on out. It was it. You know, so Coach Moeller, remember Coach Moeller? He used to be uh, oh, yeah. Michigan Absolutely. head coach. Yes. He was the coordinator. He became the interim head coach. We ended up being pretty good, man. I think we made some playoffs that year too. We were pretty good that year, you know, but – Bro, I, I'd have some crazy, I mean, crazy, crazy um, locker room cultures that I've been a part of. I man. guarantee you, you didn't pull that, that, not you, but I'm saying they put players didn't pull that in Pittsburgh. Oh, no, no. That, that, that's, when I, that's when I knew things got better, man. That's when I, that's yeah. when I knew there was a, 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 a protocol and a culture that you had to play under. Like when I got to Green Bay, Coach Sherman, he was the head coach there. But you could see they did things the right way, you know what I'm right, saying? Even right. though – even though Ed Donatello was our defensive coordinator, I know you hate him, man. <laughs> don't, even, don't even mention that name to me, man. Yeah, man. But you know, like I'm, that's it's the difference between locker room cultures. And then, oh, when I finally got, well, then I went to Coach Fossil with the Giants. That was a crazy locker room, also. I mean, players did what they wanted to do there. I remember we practicing, man. We going two a days. We did like five or six two a days in a row, no breaks. All of a sudden, you know, we're walking down to practice, and Strahan looks up and said, "You know what?" I ain't feeling it today, man. I am not feeling. It. I'm about to go to the movies, man. What? Hey, guy. Yo, practice over with. We ain't practicing today. Let's go. Take it back in. Coach Fossil's on the field. It's like, what's going on? Everybody start talking around. Hey, Mike. Michael Barrow. Mike. Let's go. He starts saying it too. Guys, guys. No practice today. We're going. Taking it in. Take it in. We we'll see you tomorrow, coach. We ain't go to meetings that night or nothing. We just just didn't go to practice. I'm sitting there like this. Bro, this is how we do things. I mean, we just not gonna go to practice. We just gonna turn around. <laughs> Straight tournament, man. You better turn your butt around, man. Let's go, man. I said, all right, let's go. Went back in, man. Tiki start telling people, hey guys, let's go. We in. We ain't going in. Big Mike say we're not practicing today. You know what I'm saying? Keep Hamilton. Yeah, bro. I was just about to tell you, man. I don't feel this anyway. Coach, hey coach. <laughs> so, so you know, big Keith That's goes crazy, over. man. Keith goes over and says, hey coach, we ain't practicing today. Uh, we'll check you tomorrow. We we ain't gonna we ain't practicing tonight either. We ain't going to meetings today. This is a total day off. We gave it to you for five days straight. We done for the day. Took it to the house. Took so, it to the house. So, so so we so we look at how this Eagles team has evolved in terms of, and I'm going back to the era when uh, back in the early 2000s when when Andy Reid took over, and and they really started to get good and carried it you know carried it over through Andy Reid. Uh, Chip Kelly, Doug Peterson, now Nick Sirianni. You've been back a long time since your playing career has been over. You've gotten to know a lot of players who are current players slash former players uh, for this Eagles team. What is it about this culture? You know, uh, beyond just the winning and losing, what is it about this culture 
and, and I'll tell you what my perspective is, having got to know so many players here, um, that, that makes so many players, going back to what Greedy Williams said, he wanted to be a part of this culture. Uh, what is it about this culture you've learned that, that has so many pe- players attracted to it? It's the gold standard. You know, I, I remember when, when, when Jeffrey Lurie first said that, everybody laughed at him. I remember that. Everybody laughed. That's when I just started, when I just retired, and he said, look, we are the gold. We're going to make ourselves the gold standard. We will become the gold standard of teams in the NFL. And I'd be damned if he didn't do it. Uh, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's straight up. He spares no expense in making sure his players get the best of whatever they need to, to, to go out there and accomplish whatever goal they need to accomplish. He has an open door policy. He treats you like your family. Like he legitimately treats you like, like right now I could go to Mr. Lurie and say, look, man, I need you. I need you. I need you right now. And he will go above and beyond for me. That's just how Jeff Lurie is. Mr. Lurie is a great, great owner. You know, and you can go to him about anything. You know what I'm saying? He'll he'll give his heart to you, man. You know, so when you play for an owner like that that's serious about how he treats his players and how, you know, his players are, are being looked at, it, it you, you, you do a lot more. You go above and beyond. I mean, look at everything that he facilitated to help Malcolm Jenkins and in, in, in the causes that he fought for. Yeah. Um, his ability to 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 you know look at you know Chris Long and help Chris Long along the way of being, you know, one of the most influential guys in that locker room. That's just who he was. That's just who he is. You know, the, the, the trust that he has in Howie Roseman and, you know, Howie Roseman has no fear of getting fired because he understands that the owner will back him every way. Now he got to go out there and produce, but they trust each other enough that, you know, that relationship is that he would do a go and do and go above and beyond for him. Just like with, you know, the head coach, same thing. Yeah. You can't BS them. But you also will get no BS from them. Mm. And when you, you know, you, if you can keep it 100 with me, I'm going to give you it all, bro. Because don't lie to me. Lie for me before you lie to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and, and that's the type of organization this is. You know, they're going to keep it 100 with you. They're going to tell you the truth. They're not going to sugarcoat it. But there's a pure expectation. And when I say pure expectation, the pureness of sincerity of them caring about their players. That's the pureness and sincerity mm. that they have in that organization. So that culture that's built there can, can bring in a lot of, 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 of bad eggs and, 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 and they can absorb those bad eggs and make those eggs, you know, just like all the other eggs, you know, they can become better people in this organization. They give you an opportunity to rewrite a wrong. If you have right or wrong, but also if you're thinking about it, they can get you out of that mindset because there's the close knit community style style home feeling that they have in that Eagles organization. I, I would say also extract the two plus years that Chip Kelly was here when he basically unraveled everything that Jeffrey Lurie tried to establish in that locker room beyond just W's and L's in terms of a culture. You go from Andy Reid to Doug Peterson to now Nick Sirianni and, and, and players that I've got to know would always say, you know what, th- th- it's beyond treating you like men. They actually yeah. listen to you, and they will try to implement some of the things that you tell them. The, play, the players, the players' committee was the liaison. Smart move by Andy Reid, by the way, and Doug Peterson following suit, and Nick Sirianni. Smart, smart by these men to not just form a committee, because the players have the ear of their teammates, and the coaches don't. You yep. know, players are going to say stuff to each other. They're never going to say to a coach, a GM, or an owner. 
But the fact that these players trust their superiors enough to go back in there and relay this information to them, the coaches honestly sit there and listen and try to make changes, and the players see those changes, why wouldn't you want to play for somebody like that? You look at some of the other organizations, even stuff today, we heard the stories about how Arizona Cardinals, you got to pay for your meals there. When you talked about when you played for teams, you had to pay for your, your own socks and stuff like that. Yes. You know, they don't they don't do that here, man. Nope. You know, nope. and, and there's something to be said. Obviously, when you start putting up more W's and L's and you're getting more primetime games and you're getting playoff appearances, players want to be a part of that. And as we've seen through the years, players will take less money to stay in a culture they're comfortable with more so than grabbing that almighty dollar like a lot of players do. But Jeffrey Lurie wants to make you understand we are not just a team. We are a family here. And see, it's one thing to say. You hear people say, we're a family here. They don't show it. Right. This right, team right. shows it in every way, shape, or form that they are the epitome of what a family is supposed to be. They care about you as people. I talk about this all the time. Joe Banner would tell you basically, I'm not here to be friends with players. Absolutely. That was my that was my gym during the time. Yeah. Howie Roseman has told me, I want to get to know my players. Yep. And you see it, you know, you see how they interact with Howie on the practice field, in pregame warm-ups, and when he's in the locker room after big wins and stuff, he's running around hugging players. Look, Jason Kelsey, you see, we just saw last week, he's got Jason Kelsey in the office. They're hugging because Kelsey's coming back for another year, and they're sharing a drink. I don't know what they were drinking, but they're sharing a drink in the locker room. That says a lot. That speaks volumes when players see it. Because you know what players say? Man, I don't have that kind of relationship where I am. Right, right, you know what I'm right. Saying? Man, that's right. something I want to be a part of right there. Right, right, right. It's, 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 it's crazy when you think about a GM having a personal relationship with his players when it's a doggy dog world. You know, that's why the NFL stands for not for long. It's a what have you done for me lately type of league. Yeah. So, you know, to have that relationship, Howie can walk around that locker room and have interpersonal conversations. Not once did I have a personal relationship when I was there, when I had like Modrak wow. in them. Modrak and you know your boy I mean they, they just didn't have that they didn't want to have that type of relationship mm -hmm. I didn't experience that type of relationship till I went to actually um when I was when I was actually in Detroit and I got to know um Kevin Colbert okay. and he wasn't a GM GM then he was like you know uh, um he was high ranking, but I don't know where Kevin Kevin was during that time. But Kevin, he's the one that brought me to Detroit, right? And then he then took me in and took me to the um, Steelers. You know, he I had that relationship with him. You know, I can remember, you know, my last four years in the NFL when I was with the Steelers with Kevin Colbert. I would call upstairs and ask him, "Hey man, you guys bring." So as soon as free agency started, like, "Hey man, you guys bringing me back?" He said, "Yeah, we are. B, don't worry about it. Um, you'll you'll be a Steeler." He said, just let us know if somebody wants to come sign you. But, you know, we, we, we're bringing you back. That's all he had to say to me. That's all he had to say to me. Come time um, when, when, when time for workouts and everything, I call and tell him, hey, man, I'm about to go work out with uh, the Patriots or I went to go work out with, with um, the Cardinals or, you know, I go, I say, I'm going to work out with him, but I'm not going to sign with him. He said, all right, I understand, B, I understand. And I wouldn't sign with him. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't right. sign with him. I knew I was going to play with the Steelers. You know, and I would go back and I play with. I want to work for Chicago. There's no way I'm going to Chicago or anywhere else. I'm going right back to the Steelers organization because I know that's the gold standard. Also, you know, they they know how to run an organization. So 
I mean, it, it, it means a lot to a player. That's why this has become a destination place for applied players in the NFL. And Greedy Williams is is Greedy Williams, um, Darius Slay. Well, Slay, don't call him Darius, but Slay and Bradbury <laughs> show you exactly what they're talking about as far as a, 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 a gold standard and Philadelphia being a destination place for free agents to come. When you keep a player, when you keep now, now, now guys in the trenches are, are not guys that normally finish their entire careers with the same team. No, exactly. Okay, so you look at a guy like Jason Kelsey, he's coming back. A Brandon Graham coming is coming back. What do, what kind of message does that send to a locker room? Again, we're talking about the culture. What kind of message does that send to the locker room in terms of if you do certain things and and if you hold yourself in a high esteem, here's the possibility with this particular organization. Well, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, you can't go with an offensive line. You can't really do that because it's a whole different allegiance when you're talking about offensive line at Stoutland University. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different, you know, game, you know, because guys that leave Stoutland University Mm -hmm. go and play, they play for a long time. He is the best offensive line coach in the league. So that's a whole different type of allegiance to a team than you would anywhere else. You know, it really doesn't matter where um, where he is, wherever Stalin is, you could believe he'd have a harem of guys going with him, um, you know, as, as far as Stalin University. He's that good of a coach, and those, he makes those guys better. So Stalin University, you know, that you that's a different type of mark you're talking about. Now, when you're talking about the organization as a, as a whole, there wasn't even a defensive coordinator. I mean, they got a defensive coordinator. They don't really know the defensive coordinator, but they signed back because of Philadelphia and the ownership and, and mm-hmm. the GM convinced those guys to come back because they know what they're going to get. They know they're going to be treated well. They'll be well taken care of. And on the long run, it's a better place to be because you know there's going to be a winning attitude, a winning culture in that locker room. That means a lot to players. You know, some guys go ring tape. Why do you think Adama Sue came? You know what I'm saying? He didn't have to come back. Dude is rich enough. He just tried to win another ring for his other kid. He had he has one to get one kid. He's trying to win him another one so he can get to the other kid. You know, so that's the type of organization, you know, he was looking for that had a real opportunity of getting a Super Bowl ring. They didn't get right. one, but they they were in the Super Bowl. You know, you got to be in the dance in order to get the ring, and they were in the dance. You know what I'm saying? But long story long, this this team has showed to be the gold standard, not just in the NFC East, but the NFC and the NFL as a whole. He is Barrett Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. Rob Ellis has a couple of well-deserved days off. Rob will rejoin us on Friday. As Barrett Brooks said, if I'm taking off Wednesday and Thursday, I might as well throw Friday in there also. But that's <laughs> Barrett's perspective. That's my perspective, but it's not Rob Ellis's perspective. Hey, coming up a little bit later on in this program, uh, we're going to have Zach Berman from the Atlantic jo- uh, Athletic join us at 1 o'clock. Uh, right now, I believe he's at an Eagles press conference. The Eagles have a press conference for their two newest members, linebacker Nicholas Murrow and, and uh, safety uh, Justin Evans. So we're going to get Zach on at 1 o'clock to talk about what they have to say and ask him about a grade that he gave both of these players in a recent article. Uh, we're also going to talk to uh, – I'm going to talk to Barry Brooks about who needs to step up uh, with this Eagles team on defense at a couple of positions like D-line and in and, and, and other positions, the tight end positions. Also, Barry, I want to talk to you about – let's look at some of the free agents at positions of linebacker and safety, and I'm going to give you some names, and you tell me if they pique your interest or not. 
We've got all that and a lot more. We've got, obviously, some uh, Sixers to talk about. They're back on the court tonight in Chicago against that Bulls team that stopped their winning streak on Monday night. Flyers get a rare win. I can't believe it. The Flyers get a rare win. And, of course, coming up in the 2 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about any and everything that's going on in the National Football League. And, of course, later, we've got birthdays and we've got movies uh, that came out on this particular day. All that and more coming up on this edition of Sports Take on a Hump Day. We're right back after this short pause for the calls. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Sports Take, everybody, along with my man, my partner in crime, Barrett Brooks. Hey, man, hey, man, hey, man, hey, man. You got to do some reads, man, because that break is too short, bro. Reads? I I wasn't given any reads. Nobody told me. Those are Rob Ellis' reads, man. Those are not my reads. 
Well, I didn't have enough time to do what I need to do, man. I need you to go ahead and give me a little more of a buffer. You know what look, I'm saying? Look, look, I'm here to protect you. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to sneak off and, and put a couple of White Castle burgers in a microwave. I know what you're trying to do. Now, see, I'm trying to save you from you. One of the few times that I'm looking out for your best interest. All right, all right, all right. I get it, I get yeah. it. But uh, like I said, uh, before a break coming up at the top of the hour will be Zach Berman from The Athletic right now. He is at an Eagles press conference as the Eagles introduced the media uh, to two of their newest additions, uh, Nicholas Morrow and Justin Evans. And and speaking of those names, I'm going to ask Zach about this later, but do you see Barrett, Nicholas Morrow and Justin Evans coming in here to compete as starters? I mean, you look at their numbers, you look at what they've done in their careers. Do you think they're legitimate candidates to start or are they basically looking more as, at backup roles? Well, Morrow is, is interesting because he can start. He has experience. He's had some, you know, he had over 100 and like had 114, 115 tackles last yeah, year. 114, yeah. Um, like we said, you know, we'd, um, you know, we need impact tackles. You know, I don't know how many were, you know, that's, that's, that's something that I, you know, I kind of define myself, you know, tackles that are three yards past the line of, I mean, three yards or before the line of scrimmage. Those are impact tackles, you know what I'm saying? Right. Those are tackles that mean something. You know, some tackles 10 yards down the field, that 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 means somebody misses them. You know what I'm saying? Somebody missed them or, you know, you're running behind somebody to make the tackle. I want impact tackles. Tackles around that line of scrimmage. He has some experience. He can run. You know, former safety. They said he's more, he's more uh, inept at, at being a cover guy than being a guy coming downhill and making plays in the run. Um, it's not that he can't do it. But they're saying he's better in coverage. So we'll see. You know what I'm saying? He at least he can be penciled in right now as a starter. Mm-hmm. Uh he has more experience than anybody that's a linebacker on the roster right now. And that's what you look at. You know, so look mm-hmm. at guys in the roster. We've had so many young guys. Davion Taylor is like his third or third year in the league. Mm-hmm. Um Christian Ellis is, you know, this is his second year. He was a rookie last year. Sean Bradley is his third year in the league, also. Kobe Dean was a rookie last year. Hmm. At least Morrow has some snaps. He started at least three years at that will linebacker position. So talking about somebody that can come in and play right now, he's he's probably penciling a starter. And Kobe Dean's probably penciling as a starter at the at the Mike position. Uh the Jack position mm-hmm. is probably gonna be um Hassan will be the Jack linebacker. No, I'm sorry. I'm I, the way it is the way. When you have a three-four, when you have four linebackers, right. Sam, Sam's the outside linebacker who's a rush in, and that really depends on where the where the um, strength is, where the where the you know tight end lines up, and where you know mm-hmm. the open side is. Whatever side it is, that's a Sam, it's a Will. This they're interchangeable. So I'll say Hassan Reddick will be on one side. He'll be a Sam or the Will. The Mike linebacker that's in the middle, that's going to be in the Kobe Dean. Then the Jack linebacker that's in the middle, opposite of the mic that's the jack linebacker mm-hmm. right now it's gonna be morrow and then that you know that outside linebacker on the other side there's gonna be some guys going for that position either you have you know sweat um sweat will probably put that position um both of the johnson guys you know chiron and patrick johnson and patrick, will probably yeah. guys. right uh somebody you know that that might be a dark horse that you know nobody's really talking about is, is matt leo matt leo's a defensive end slash linebacker s type of player um, Barnett might be that guy. I was going to ask you, how does Derek Barnett figure into this equation? He's either going to be a head up 
um, defensive end over the tackle, and he might be a little too small for that. Or in a three-four outside, yeah, in a three-four. Okay. When they do, when they do get into nickel situations, and they get in their four down, he'll be a defensive end rush rush guy. Sweat's going to kind of be the same way. He could line up with their outside guy, but he's more so going to be a defensive end line up head up over the tackle. Brandon Graham the same way. But they might move BG on the outside a little bit, you know, especially when they have a tight end that's side. He might follow the tight end wherever the tight end is and be the outside linebacker over the tight end. That way, he, you know, he can hit him on his way out and then rush the passer. So I want to see what the side is going to do as far as his – you know, base front, you know, is he going to be a base three, four? Is he going to go back to being a, a four down guy? You know, it's, it's really going to be up in the air. I, I think one of the more intriguing and interesting aspects to watch uh, throughout OTA, even when they start the OTAs in May, we might get a little sample of it then. And, and in June and obviously in training camp is how they deploy Hassan Reddick because yes. in the three, four, he's going to be, he has a different role than he did in the four three, you know. So we 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 know what he's capable of doing. He is a pure pass rusher, but I you I think you and I agree, but we kind of disagree. I think he's a liability in pass coverage. Yes, you know? well, that, there's no question about that. Okay, but so how are you how are you going to get guy. him be effective? How is he going to be effective? Let's say as effective in a three four as he was a four three. Uh, he's going to be the same player as I saw in James Harrison. Mm, it's Harrison's okay. the same guy. He was a liability in the past. You tell him to drop two, you know, and, and that's the that's the that's the uniqueness and, and the beauty of running a zone blitzing team. If he does have to drop in coverage, it's a zone blitz. So that means all he has to do is drop back in zone okay. and hit anything that come into his zone. You know what I'm saying? He's not like he's not gonna be covering a guy necessarily. He's not gonna have a guy man to man. He's gonna have an area of the field that he's defending. And I, I think he'll do better in having that area of the field to defend as opposed to getting a guy man to man like he might have to do in in um in four four situations where he's you know has to cover a guy on the outside so you know zone blitzing he'll be fine rushing the pass we know he'll be fine but that's I me mean, that goes you know that goes to you know bg when he's asked to do the same thing bg mm-hmm. sweat uh you know guys like that that you know gotta gotta cover sometimes or be in that zone you know kyron johnson can do it patrick johnson can do it you know, it really depends on the situational football that they're going to be put in. But I doubt seriously if, you know, um, Sean Desai will have his guys out there trying to cover people. He's just probably going to drop them off in the zone. You defend this area of the field, and and they'll be good. Well, since we're, we're talking about the linebacking position and it's 3-4, let me throw some names at you that are out there in the open market and, and tell me what you think about the possibility of them coming here. I'm going to start with this one. Deion Jones from Cleveland, 29 years old, played 11 games last season, 44 tackles, two and a half sacks. He's not going to garner big money over the market. He's still out there. Do you think he could be a fit in this defense? I think he can. I think he can, you know, because, he, like I said, he has the experience of being out there. And, you know, he just needs more opportunities, you know, more opportunities to, to, to make some plays. So that's the biggest thing. More opportunities you're going to play, just like at this point, uh, the safety position. Uh, you st- you still don't know who's going to be the starter at, at the safety position. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so up in the air. Right now it's Kayvon Wallace, yeah. Blankenship. We still got to see, you know, if, 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 you know, whoever in there, you know, Evans, Justin Evans, he can come in and start. 
Yeah. Um, he started four games last year. Maybe give an opportunity to play more. He'll play better. So I remember him playing at Texas A&M. And, uh, you know, I remember he, he was playing Alabama, and he went and lit up King Henry. Mm. Man, hit him right in the mouth, knocked him right on his ass. So he can come up and hit, but it's not those type of days this time. So, you know, he'll be able to got to go in the box, you know, run fit and all that. But I don't know how good of a how good of a coverage guy he is. You know, that's yet to be mm-hmm. seen. But maybe, you know, he flourishes, given an opportunity, man. It's, all you need is an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Take hold of it. All right, so here's an intriguing name. Now, we always talk about how the game is trying to get younger. Levante David, Tampa Bay, 33 years old, but yet he led the yes. team in tackles with 124 yes. tackles. Yeah, that's an yes. emphatic yes? Yes. You would bring him in? Yes, for sure. Put him in, put, put him in one of the inside backers in his defense? Bro, that he'd, be the, he'd be the inside backer, and you'd have to move N'Kobe Dean to that wheel backer. Yes, Levante David is a baller. I hate he played all 17 the, games. Right. And I hate that he's uh, you know, a Nebraska guy, but still <laughs> he is a baller. He's old, but still, he can still run. He's still one of the fastest linebackers in the league. He can still, you know, go out there and make plays. And they talked a lot about last year, um saying that TJ Edwards is too slow to blitz. Right. Well, you don't have to worry about David. David can blitz. He's not slow enough. He can blitz. And he'd be perfect in a 3-4 system because he'd be a blitzing linebacker. That way you could send those three defensive linemen up front and send him. That wouldn't necessarily be a blitz, but he's one of those guys that can get there and make some plays. How does he he's keep cost you a little bit, though? You think, yeah, but you know what? He's still out there. Do you, I, see, that's what I'm getting. I don't think it'll cost you as much as you think it will. And if anybody knows how to wiggle money under the cap, it's Howie Roseman if he wants you bad enough. Right, right, right. I mean, I don't understand how he's still doing it at such a high level at 33. Didn't miss a game, tied for the team lead in tackles this year, and still blowing up plays. Even though Tampa's defense had a lot of injuries this year, he was still a standout on that particular defense. Yep, he was still he was he was the guy they looked to. He was right in the middle. He was the captain of that defense. So yes, I, I would definitely want him. Please, yeah, you know, in the New York minute, and and you know. Like I said, this is one of those destination points. Yeah. And he might say, you know what? I want to go win a title. I want to go win a title. You know, and even though I'm looking uh William Bernie, you know, go to Super Bowl of Choke. Hey, yeah. you gotta yeah. get there. You gotta get there to choke. I'm trying to think of the last time Dallas was in the Super Bowl. I think my kids were just a twinkle in my eye still. You can All choke, right. but you gotta be there to choke. <laughs> All right, if you if you like Levante David, let me throw this name at you. And I'm I'm curious to hear your, your response to this one. Bobby Wagner, 33 years old, 140 yes. tackles, led the Rams with 140 tackles, six quarterback sacks, spent one year with the Rams after having an illustrious career with Seattle. Yes, yes, and yes. Bobby Wagner <laughs> Bobby Wagner can still have an impact here. No question. Wags will come in and ball out. You know what I'm saying? And and Right, we're 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 just borrowing guys. You know what I'm saying? We're just taking a one year lease. It's just like leasing a car. You know why? You know why go out there and buy the car when you can just lease it? Mm. See, that's that's the problem with the Rams. The Rams try to go out there and buy the car. You can't buy the car. You know you got to keep paying those payments even after you know it becomes old, old, and and and, and, and you know doesn't run right. If you lease it, you use it for them. You know that year or two, and yeah. then you give it back. Let's lease them. You know what I'm saying? Come in, allow them to you know win, win a ring, and then get up out of here. 
All right, let's get a little bit younger. Now I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit a team that's that's part of your your career. Miles Jack, Pittsburgh, 15 games, 104 tackles, tied for first in tackles, didn't have any sacks though. Miles Jack at one point was considered an up and coming, was a name among linebackers in the NFL. It was in Jacksonville. Yeah. <clears throat> can he can he can he add something here? He absolutely could because he's a he's a three four linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's the prototypical three for a lineman. He knows what his reads are. He could come in and fit right into a, a Sean Desai if he runs a three-four system. Fit with right within it. He understands where he needs to be at. He can cover. He's a young guy. He can run still. Um, he'll be in a position where he could flourish a little bit because he has some guys in front of him that can ball out. He's used to guys that can play. You know, he had Hayward and those guys in front of him. Yeah. So yes, I, I would take him also. That'd be a good pickup for them. They could probably get him at a, a reasonable price too, because you know that's why they let him go in Pittsburgh. So he he, this is a destination point. He might want to come here. Uh, this name will probably make the hair bristle on the back of your neck because of the team he played for last season. Anthony Barr down in Dallas, thirty-one years old, fourteen games, fifty-eight tackles, one quarterback sack. You know, throughout the season, we talked about we felt that Anthony Barr may have lost a step. Yes, but. He has a veteran leadership. He's played at a high level. He was a great linebacker in Minnesota. Maybe he wasn't in the right scheme down in Dallas. As good as Kellen Moore's scheme was, you know, for the Cowboys overall, maybe he wasn't in the right scheme down there. Uh, could he resurrect his career in Philadelphia? And we don't even know what the Sean decide defense is going to look like yet. But could Anthony Barr, does, does Anthony Barr still have any gas in the tank? I, I don't think so. And not playing the position he would have to play here for – for the Eagles, you know, he would have to, he's more of a guy that's going to blitz, put pressure on your net capacity. Um, he doesn't have that quick twitch that he used to have when he was in Minnesota. So I, I think it would be a waste of money, for, you know, bringing him in, but you know, who's to say, you know, he, he you know, he wants that old thing back again, you know? So, but I, I don't think so. All right. Final name on my linebackers list, uh, a flash from the past. Camus Grugier Hill. 29 years old. Mm. He only played he only played six games down in Houston last year, and he asked for and was granted his release. Now, Camus was a good situational player when he was here in Philadelphia. And then I believe he went to Miami, had a yep. decent, decent stint down in Miami. Yep. Houston didn't pan out for him. Again, he's only 29 years old. What about Camus coming back here making a, a, a return appearance in this Eagles organization? How old is he again? 29. Camus, Camus could play the Jack linebacker position. Um, we already have a Camus here in in, in Nicholas uh, Morrow. Okay, I think oh, versus, okay. I think they're virtually the same guy. So if you brought him back, he would compete for you know a starting position. He might even beat out Nicholas Morrow because I think he's more he's more of a, a run defender. He can defend the run a lot better than Morrow, but it's virtually the same guy. Wow. So, okay. All right. Well, you know what? He was one of my favorites uh, when he was here. No question about that. I mean, great locker room. Play. Guy. Yes. He can play, coach, you know, um, I'm going to go back to Nick Sirianni for just a moment because recently he was on a new Heights uh, podcast with uh, Jason Kelsey. And one of the topics they were talking about was the, the tush push play. Okay. And <laughs> they, they were talking about how Kelsey asked Sirianni, he said, you know what? Everybody said, there's no coaching involved when it comes to the tush push. And Sirianni says, you know what? That really 
ticks me off when people say that because there's a lot of coaching involved. Now, to the general observer, it looks like you got a bunch of guys bunched in there and everybody's just pushing forward. Sirianni says it's much more than that, and you said it is too. So define exactly what we're looking at when we're looking at this so-called tush-push play, which basically was unstoppable. Well, it's, it's an art to it because, you're on, you mute. Know, you're on mute right now, B. I don't, I don't, I don't you're see still it. on mute. Hello, hello, hello. What'd you do, man? Did you bust the I mic? didn't do anything. I, I, I don't know why I was on mute. I don't know why I was on mute, but I don't know. Tone, can you, can you help him out here? Can you hear me? No, no, you're still on mute. Did you unplug something? No. You got me now? You got me? Hello? You still don't have me. I'm still not hearing you, B. Wait, now, now wait. He's saying it's me. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. He's trying to tell me it's me? I don't think so. Say something now. I got you. I, mean, I can hear yeah, you. I can hear you now. I don't understand because okay. I was good. Tone said it was me, but I heard something click on your end, and all of a sudden you were back. No, I mean I, I was good. I mean wow. I, I can hear you. Okay. Um, so, so getting back to what we were talking about, Sirianni says there's a lot more involved in the tush push than than hey hey calling it that first of all. But right, 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 right. It's a QB but, sneak, man. It's a QB okay. sneak. But you have to have linemen to understand, you know, the logistical how to run the play. Like if you have a shade technique. Who's going to block the shade? Is it going to be a one, one-on-one block? Or is it going to be a cutoff block on the backside? It really depends on where the defensive linemen are lined up at and their ability to get and uproot those guys up there. That's the biggest thing, man. It's not really the guys pushing it back at you. That's where the um, the, the little secrets on how to run the play. Your defensive line, have, your offensive line have to get underneath their defensive line and drive them back. And it's funny, it shouldn't be as good as it is because you got a small uh, center in the middle of all that. You know, it's a small center. I think it's more so the will to run the play the right way because the center has to get up underneath that shade and double team with whichever guy's closest to the quarterback, whichever guy's, you know, in the gap and drive them out. And those guys do a fantastic job. You know, Dickerson and, and, and Sam Malo did an excellent job of getting up underneath those guys, driving them back. And if they had a three technique, those, you know, the, the backside, I mean, the, the, the guard and the tackle would have to double team. If you had a one technique on the other side, the center and the guard have to block those guys. They have to get up on and press them back. And they kept their feet moving. But, the, I mean, the biggest thing is you got a, 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 um, a quarterback back there who also understands where the void is going to be. The void is usually at wherever, at wherever that three technique is. And, you know, he gets in between the shade and the three technique and, and, and pushes himself through there. And with a quarterback that can squat 600 pounds, that's a lot of force that's getting you know pushed, and then you add with the guys pushing from the back, they just execute it better than anybody else because they understand the little things. You know, Jalen sees where the holes might be, and he tends to slide in those you know the little crevices that are right there, and he has that drive in his legs to push him back, man. So that's what that's what makes it a great play. Understanding where the hole might be, number one, number, understand the double team and who has to double team who, and getting up underneath the other guy's pads and pressing them back, man. That's it. You know, Sirianni said basically there was one in particular where they didn't pick up a first down because the wide receiver 
uh, had the wrong assignment and it cost him the, 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 the tush push. But he also added, he goes, we have more variations from that formation and you're going to see more variations. What exactly can you do when everybody's bunched in like that? I mean, obviously, that obviously when Sirianni tells you that, we know that there's some kind of deception involved. But from your perspective, what what kind of variations could they possibly have from that? Man, you can run a fake and you know act like you're going to run run forward and he's going to push forward and just dump it off to the guys one supposed guys supposed to push you and flip it to him and run to the outside because everybody else is is, is is locked up in the middle of that whole bubble and and, and you know and at the line of scrimmage and you get one guy outside of it. Man, that could be a touchdown every single time with everybody mm-hmm. in the inside. Defense, you know, will forget about the guys pushing. But they can actually going to push. Instead of pushing, the guy that they pushing, they can just hand it off and back of him, and he takes off running the opposite way. There's so many variations that you use, or you could do a fake, act like going to push, jump up, and run a pop pass to the tight end and it releases from the line. You know, there's a lot of ways in which you can run it. You can take advantage of it. And, you know, it's, it's smart that they understand that, you know, if if – they can have one guy pushing and line up some guys on the outside, which will pull other guys outside of that box also and make things easier to push them out. It's all about number camps, leverage, and what hole you're trying to pick and, and take advantage of when you're doing, I guess they call it the tush push. <laughs> yeah, we got to come up with a better name for it than right, that. Right, not right, right. Tush push. <laughs> all right, we're going to step aside uh, right now. On the other side of this break, hopefully he is uh, – uh, uh, excused himself away from the Eagles uh, press conference. We're going to bring up Zach Berman from The Athletic to talk about the two guys, uh, Nicholas Morrow and Justin Evans, who spoke to the media today and get Zach's perspective on things that the Eagles have done this offseason and what they need to do even more so. That and more coming up on this edition of Sports Take. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. We're right back after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in. One that takes you to new heights. Or reminds you to go with the flow. To get your feet wet. And your wheels spinning. One that lets you find your own rhythm. Or get carried away. Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the Wildwoods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. 
Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Sports Take along with uh, Barrett Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. Uh, Before the break, we talked about bringing in somebody who I love his perspective. Uh, He's so insightful uh, and and doesn't miss anything. You know, dots the I's, crosses the T's. Zach Berman from The Athletic, uh, who is one of my favorite writers in this area when it comes to Eagles football. Z Berm, how you doing, man? I can't hear you. Uh oh. What's going on? Can you hear me? Can you hear Zach. me? Can you hear me? I hear you, Zach. I hear Zach. I hear I hear Zach also. I'm gonna come yeah. back. We'll, uh, come back. We'll, try to, we'll try to bring him back in. All right. See, people thought it was just me. It wasn't me. See? Why gotta be me? What, what? No, see, you can't get me today. I have to be nicer today because Rob's not here to be the buffer. <laughs> so I have to I have to be much nicer than I normally am. Uh, okay, we're gonna try to bring it back in. What about now, Z? I can hear you now. I apologize oh, for that. See, What's Z, going on, bro? Earlier, I had problems hearing Barrett, and um, you know, people are like, "It's D Gun's problem." D Gun, D Gun, bleepity bleep. You know, he's. It wasn't me. See, I, yeah, I appreciate it. Hold but, on, uh, on. It's, it's your what? birthday, bro. Wait, it, it happens. Today's to your birthday. birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, birthday, bro. Wait. Yeah, so. Great, great work by you, Adam Exploits. Great work, you, Adam. How does Adam Happy Exploits birthday, know that, man? Wow, man, he knows. He knows a lot, bro. How How old are you now, Z? I, I'm turning. I turned 37 today. 37. How many years have you been covering the game now? I've been covering the NFL now for 14 seasons. I've been wow. Covering, I'm going into my 12th covering the Eagles. I did. See, I did two years on the Giants as well. Wow, that's awesome, dude. Well, I know we were trying to get you on at 12.30 today, and you said you wanted to slide it back because the Eagles were having some press conferences. Um, they were, I guess they, they had uh, Nicholas Morrow and Justin Evans available for the media today? No, they're in the afternoon. I had to move okay. my afternoon interviews up earlier today uh, okay. to, to, try to, to try to juggle some things. But, yeah, we'll speak okay. to Nicholas Morrow and, and Justin Evans today. All right, so, so um, before the break, Barrett and I were talking about, can we see both of these guys coming in here and competing for starting roles? Barrett said yes for one, maybe for the other one. I want to start with Nicholas because you wrote an article yesterday where you gave these two players grades. And, and I, want to, I want to start with Nicholas because, you know, he had 114 tackles. Um, what did you grade him and what do you see of him? Could he possibly be a starting entity in this revamped 3-4 scheme that the, the, the side wants to deploy? 
he has starting experience. He's a he's he's a prime of his career player. He missed one season with the Raiders, but other than that, he's been fairly durable. Was very durable last year. Played all seventeen games. Uh, I think that he has a chance to be a starting player uh, for the Eagles. When you now, the reason I say he has a chance is you need to be somewhat skeptical of the move in that the Eagles have a dubious recent history of signing linebackers to these short-term deals. They hit last year with Kaiser White. We could fill the next you know, 10 minutes with players that they've missed. And that's the reality of the situation that, that, that they're in. They don't invest big money in the linebacker. That's, that's number one thing. And then the second thing is that the Bears literally tried to upgrade over him or sought to upgrade over him with one of the players who was with the Eagles last year, right? The Bears <laughs> right. spent big money on TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. Bigger money on Tremaine Edmonds, of course. But I, 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 I point that out as a way of saying that uh, he's someone who, who the Bears sought to upgrade over. That doesn't mean that he won't be productive here. Uh, and he has a skill set that the Eagles can use. He's, he's fast. He can cover. Uh, if he can be what Kaiser White was last year or have that type of production – that's a good outcome. I just think you have to take it. You have to be somewhat skeptical because what the Eagles are doing here is they're throwing a dart at a player on a one-year deal, the mm. same way they did Kaiser, the same way they did Eric Wilson the year before, the same way they've they've done. You know, we can go Paul Warlow or Zach Brown or you know Paul uh, Warlow. Wow. Yeah, some of the <laughs> the linebackers they've tried to sign. So, Zach Brown. Uh, but I think Morrow he showed last year that he recovered from the injury. And he could play every snap, and uh, you 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 put him with a really good defensive front in front of him, uh, and two good corners behind him, and maybe you know this is a good move for the Eagles. We'll see. Okay, real quick, oh, I don't I don't want to cut you up, but real quick, I want to follow uh, Justin Evans. I think you gave a C plus grade to, um, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Well, no. So my colleague Bo Wolf at the Athletic, we do. Uh, like creative type grades. I'm still trying to, I'm four years into the athletic. I'm still trying to learn the scale. <laughs> it, it, uh, we graded it yesterday on a scale of ice cream flavors. And so <laughs> I graded it in terms of, uh, in terms of rum raisin, which I'm not a rum raisin guy. Me neither, but man. If, you, uh, if you go to the ice cream gross. shop and they got a bunch, you know, a bunch of flavors are sold out and rum raisins there. You're still having dessert. It's still refreshing. It just might not be the top, the, Top choice. <laughs> well, you know what? We know that the Eagles had a problem last year um, stopping the run. And I don't think it gets any better when you have a linebacker 5'11", 230, and another linebacker that is just six foot, 215, 216, 217, you know, right around that area. He's not even 220 in Morrow. What does that do to help you stop the run when you have two guys that are light in the ass? Well, I think that uh, most of the run stopping needs to come from the defensive front and that the linebackers are there to clean up. And, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll defer to you, Barrett, when it comes to football scheme and football playing. I mean, I've, I've written about it and watched it. I haven't been out there. So I'll, I'll, I'll defer to you. But uh, the, the best run stopping that I see is when the guys up front clog the middle and the guys behind them clean it up. Um, and that's what the Eagles are, are going to need from their linebackers. I think their run defense last year, there were times when they were willing to let teams run um, because it's it's not passing the ball, right? Now, they 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 didn't need to fix it, and they fixed it with signing Linval. 
And if you want to know how they're going to be a good run defense next year, I would say number 90 needs to be the player that they drafted. Jordan Davis needs to be uh, a standout player for the Eagles. He's got to be a Saragusa. Yeah. And if he does that, then they're going to run the ball. Then they're going to stop the run. If he's not as good as they think, they're not going to stop the run the ball. They're, they're not going to stop the run well. Because we don't know what Jordan Davis still is or is not yet, obviously, because of his limited role, only playing 20% of the snaps, lost significant playing time because of a couple of injuries. How much does the departure of Javon Hargrave, at the, as we look at it right now, really weaken their run defense? I think it weakens their overall defense. I, th- I think Hargrave okay. was one of the top defensive tackles in the league. I mean, he, he got $21 million a year, so he better be, right? Um, but uh, but I I think when you look at, at their defensive line, they the interior defensive line is a premium position for them, uh, and they, they, they lost one of their best players. They haven't replaced him. They're going to need Jordan Davis and Milton Williams to play better. They're going to need Fletcher Cox to, to continue to be a factor in your – you know, in in what year twelve for in your twelve yep. form, yep. and then and then they're 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 going to have to add to that position, and I, I still think that the draft is a place to look for an interior player. I like I like the the the, the fact that they're going into a three four, but is it going to be a three four that I'm used to seeing, like you saw up in Pittsburgh? Who is Sean Desai, and what do you think he's going to bring to the tables for us? A three four? Is it going to be a hybrid? Where do you think he's going with this? So I don't pay as much attention to like the three four, the four three part of it because, as <clears throat> as you guys know, you're you're very seldom in your base defense as it is. I look at it more like, are you an odd man front? Are you an even man front? Do you have a defensive tackle lining up over the you know over the center? You know, the like the traditional nose, or you know, are 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 you shade? But yeah, you having more guys shaded, or you know, playing three technique, things like that. So uh, I think it's it's probably going to look similar to the way the Eagles played last year. And but on passing downs, you're really trusting Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat to get to the quarterback. That's how this mm-hmm. defense. It, I mean, those are the guys. This this defense is built around Reddick, Sweat, Slay, and Bradbury. And they need those four to play at a Pro Bowl level. Yep. Mm. Well, Zach, you know, we, we really haven't had a chance to talk to you since the uh, free agency unfolded, man. So as we sit there right now, i got to ask you your thoughts on what the Eagles did, what they lost. What surprised you most about all of the things that went on within the Eagles in terms of players coming and going? Yeah, so I didn't expect Bradbury to be back. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the – then the, the number for him was less than I thought it was it was it was going to be. Yep. Um, I thought that the Eagles were going to keep one of either Gardner Johnson or Hargrave. I didn't think they'd be able to get up the twenty one million dollars a year for Hargrave. They obviously didn't. The Gardner Johnson thing worked out. And it didn't work out the way CJ thought. Didn't work out the way the Eagles thought. I don't think that was a good outcome for either side. Um, the fact that he's playing elsewhere at a number that the Eagles probably would have signed him on at the beginning mm-hmm. of free agency, but. Look, this is I uh, I can't fault the Eagles. You you, you can't wait around. Um, now players always have the right to to you know see what their market is, but I always say like free agency free agency tells you what you're worth to the league. Thirty two mm-hmm. teams have a chance to tell you what they, what they're willing to pay you, and mm-hmm. CJ got the deal that the league was willing to pay him. Mm-hmm. Well, thinking about that, <clears throat> they're bringing in greedy, signing both of the corners. To um to longer term deals, do you think that cornerback is out of the, out of the equation, the number ten position, or 
what was it? What direction do you think they'll go with 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 ten and thirty? So uh, this is a question. I'm glad you asked this because this is a question I I I think I can answer strongly, and I can't speak for Howie Roseman, but I I I have a decade plus of covering him to tell you that they're not going to draft this year based on, or, or they're not going to draft based on this year's depth chart. Okay, they're not going to go into the number ten pick saying who can be our starter this year. They're going to draft based on positional priority number one, which is O line, D line, and I would put corner up there too. They were interested in. Stingley last year and Gardner last year. They're interested in Sertain and Horn the year before. Uh, so that's a position that they do value. Uh, but I still think O-line, D-line. And that's, you know, you all you have to do is it's like an open book test. Look at their history of the past two decades of where they invest their resources. And that will show you how, the, how they're going to draft. It would surprise me if they came out of the first round without someone who plays, uh, who either rushes the passer or protects the passer. Uh, but I also think that they're going to trade. They're 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 going to add. I I I think they would rather trade down from thirty than yep. down from ten. But I think they're they're going to add picks this year one way or the other. For as long as you've covered Howie Roseman, I mean, you look at the way they draft. They have picks in what the first two rounds, and then they don't pick again until that seventh round. How much do you think he's itching to get some more picks in that middle round? And obviously that 30th pick in the first round is significant trade bait if they're trying to get more picks in the middle of this draft. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, they, they they don't have a pick in round four, five, six. I It would surprise me if, if they're sitting on their hands in rounds four, five, six. I, I can see trade backs in round two. I can see trade backs from 30, trade backs from round two. Uh, I also think that you know they could have as many as 12 picks next year. Mm-hmm. And there is such a thing as having too many draft picks mm-hmm. because you're you're not going to have that many roster spots allocated to drafted players. So I, I can see them trading from their 2024 reservoir into 2023 and adding picks for this year. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I definitely see that also, man. But just looking at, you know, the guys that are there um, at that point, I, I do think they'll go in the trenches. But I see him going out and getting an edge rusher, man. And mm-hmm. and you know, I think it's in Van S from from um from uh Iowa. I think Iowa. Yeah. I, I can see him being a guy come in because he can play not only can he play an outside linebacker S type of player, but he can play head up on the tackle in the three four or give an opportunity defensive end out there a little bit also. So I mean to me that I think that's the logical pick I can see them going from this point. Yeah, I mean, Van Ness, it's an interesting player. He he didn't start at Iowa. Uh, and I always get, you know, I get a little worried about spending the number 10 pick on someone who didn't start. But his, his production was there. And, the you know, obviously the, the traits are there. Um, what So you so I think that the, the – I got to preface this by saying I don't know everything off the field with Jalen Carter, right? And that's why Dom DeSandro, the, the team's head of, of, mm-hmm. of security – He's really good at his job, and yep. you know, the, you know, these are the kinds of things that they trust him to figure out. But if you're satisfied with Jalen Carter off the field, that's the type of player that if he somehow slips, you you either try to trade up a few spots, or you because he or you run your card in because from a talent perspective, he fits what the Eagles need. In terms of the the defensive ends, I would pay attention to Miles Murphy from Clemson. I like him from Clemson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. he's an interesting pick guy. There. Yeah. And if they're if they're willing to go with a smaller type player, more of like a Hassan Reddick type, Nolan Smith from Georgia uh, has a lot of traits they can develop. Hey, uh, Zach, final question for me because I know you got to run. When did they get the Jalen Hurts uh, contract done? 
Uh, man, I'm, I mean, I wish I knew, uh, <laughs> this is, this is not a matter of if it's a matter of when, and yeah. it's going to be the, the factors to watch here. I think somewhat complicating it is what happens with the other quarterbacks in particular, the Lamar Jackson situation needs to, you know, that, that needs to be sorted out one way or the other. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert are eligible for expense extensions. Jalen has more leverage there because he there's no fifth year option for a second round pick right so he's entering the final year of his deal and you don't want to go into a tag situation with him you already saw what that they could do with lamar jackson the the eagles when it comes to quarterbacks they're motivated to set the market as opposed to follow the market yeah but uh it could it could benefit jalen to operate that leverage and to see how the market develops i know the eagles want to do it um i don't think there's any acrimony there i just think it's a matter of when my guess would be sometime in the early summer, but I don't have that firm. All right. There you have it from uh, the one and only Zach Berman. You can Appreciate follow you, bro. Uh, Zach on, on Twitter at, at Z Berm. As always, man, I know you're all over the place and I appreciate you giving us some time, man. Go do what you got to do, brother. Always for you guys. Thank you. Thanks, right, man. Bro. Take Appreciate care. It. Zach Berman. I mean, one of my favorite writers in this area. I, and I can't, as I got to know him, Barrett, I, and we talked about it on the show, I can't emphasize enough. The time he told me that, and this was before he had met, got married and had kids, obviously. If he could, he would sleep at the Novacare Complex. And all the years <laughs> that I've covered football, and as much as I love football, I have never said that, and I've never heard anybody else say that except Zach Burton. He means it, man. He's he's so passionate about, you know, football and doing his job. I mean, he, he might have more passion than I do about, you know, covering these these guys and you know so I, I can't see myself sleeping at, at the Novacare. There's no way I want to sleep at the Novacare. In fact, when I go in the summertime, I'm ready to leave the Novacare, you know, <laughs> just as fast as I got there. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I I think we just, you know, because we handle things so differently. You know, he writes about, you know, the 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 inner workings of what he thinks the team's gonna do. I'm more of a X and O guy who sees and and, and breaks down what it is. You know, so it's just a different different you know manner of, of what he covers and what i cover but even if i did write about that there's no way where i would want to stay there i spent too much time in locker rooms mm -hmm. and, and and you know training facilities that i don't need to do that nor do i want to do that but hey i love his enthusiasm for the game i love yep. the fact that he's yep. really really serious about his craft and his trade and he works on it constantly every day man it's you know it's it's good seeing guys like that who are that passionate about it. So when he says something, it's no BS. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's something that yep. he's researched. He broke it down. And, he, you know, he's come to the table because he feels confident in what he says. Not like some people just throw stuff against the wall yeah. with sticks, man. I, I I don't like clickbait type of stuff. I like stuff yep. that's concrete. You know, it's, it's, it's I want it to be as close to concrete as it is. You know, when I say something, is what I was thinking at that time. And it was what I, I meant at that time. You know what I'm saying? You know. No clickbait, no sensationalism when you're talking about a Zach Berman. And I, and I want to pick up on something that Zach said. You know, we see so many players come and go in this organization. And he mentioned a name that you and I know well, you know, Dom DeSandro. Yes. Um, I don't think people understand, and how could they, because they don't know, how integral he is in terms of helping this organization to decide whether it's a draft pick or a free agent who they should really look at and who shouldn't. There's nobody in the NFL that does a better job at going out and finding backdoor information on players better than Adam DeSandro did. He knows stuff he shouldn't know. Yes. Like that. I don't know how he does it. I don't know who, where he gets his information from. But, you know, he has a definitive say in a lot of ways in terms of 
who the Eagles are going to bring in. You know, when we, we get the free agency in the draft, we, you know, everybody's going nuts. They should get this guy. They should get that guy. There's some guys who are prominent players um, on a draft board and out there in free agency. The Eagles will not touch. If Dom says there's a red flag on certain players, whether a, a free agent or a draft pick, they're not going to touch because of Dom's research on that player. Right. He knows stuff. He knows where all the, the skeletons are buried, man. He's so in tune um, with, with, with things in the, in the, in the, in the, in the alleys and you know, so behind closed doors that he shouldn't know, but he knows because he's so tied into, I wouldn't say the underworld. <laughs> but, no, I, don't, I, I didn't hear that. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I didn't hear no, that. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about like the underworlds, like in, you know, uh, like what, what, what happened uh, in the no. club, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, yeah. Or what what happened with with two players in the discussion in the locker room? You know he can find out all those little things that you know coaches don't have privy to, or or, or you know GMs don't know. He can get in. He acts. You know he, he he knows players and 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 players trust him enough that they you know they tell him about things he probably shouldn't know about. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So like I say, when he when I say he knows knows. He knows because he's gained a trust, number one, of the individuals that he's in the locker room with. But also, outside of that, he knows other things, you know, that, that, that you know, players may not know, think he knows, but he knows yeah. about them. Like, he'll he'll wink at you like, yeah, I know, I know. And I look at him like, bro, you shouldn't know, but I know you know. Let's keep that between me and you. I'm not your player anymore, but you know too much about me. Put it like that. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to tell you how he freaked me out one time. As I got to know him, once he took over that role as head of security, he was like, you know, D-Gun, I can, I, I can find out this, that, and the other. I'm like, man, come on, man. So I didn't even think about it. So a few days later, I see him at a training camp practice. I said, hey, D-Gun, this dude told me – now, some of the stuff you can find uh, out there uh, on, on Twitter – not Twitter, but you can find out there – uh, on the web. He told me my addresses in Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, and here, and told me how much I made currently in, in, in Philadelphia. And I was standing there like this. Right, right, what? right. You know. Bro, he told me one time, hey, man, why are you going down there? What are you talking about? Bro, you shouldn't go to the movies down there. You know you shouldn't go to them. Like, yo, I mean, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Me and my wife can't go to the movies that bro, don't go there no more. I'm like, dang, you know what I'm saying? Like he knew that. I'm like, yo, how did you know that? You know what I'm saying? That's that's crazy that he knew. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, but you watching me and the wife? Man, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Hey, man. This, is, this is this like really before I knew you and his relationship. This is right, you know, right. so it was crazy, man. But he knows, knows where you know where 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 guys are. He knows where the skeletons are being buried, bro. All right, um, staying staying on this Eagles theme, I wanted to I talk to you about this also. Um, obviously, with the deletions and additions, you know, there's some players that are going to have to step up more. So, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about certain players and see what you think. Uh, and I'm gonna start with Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is back here again on a one year deal, less money than he made in 2022, ten million dollars compared to fourteen million dollars uh, the previous year. Fletcher Cox played almost 65% of the snaps last year. He's 32 years old now. Can he still be effective playing that high of a percentage of snaps, or do you think they need to reduce his role a little bit, as they did with the Brandon Graham? I'm just going to tell you the truth. Yeah. 
and the truth is, isn't always what people gonna want to hear or you know what they need to hear. But mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox is gonna probably pay right around the same mark, or maybe Ooh. just maybe just a little bit less. I'm talking okay. about a little bit, like from maybe like sixty to 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 fifty nine, fifty eight percent of the reps. Because mm-hmm. right now, who's the best defensive line we have in the interior? Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, as inconsistent as he was, Fletcher Cox. So we need that in the interior of our defense. Now I will say this: other guys need to step up. He'll play because he's the best we have at that position. We need others to step up and, and have their their snap total go up. Also, like people say, all right, you know that you look at look at our defense, and it's going to be built around being in the trenches, and we understand because of that. Guys need to step up that, you know, that should be stepping up, that we drafted to be in this place. And Jordan Davis has to be that mark of a guy who's going to have to step up and be the center point of the defense on the defensive line. He mm-hmm. has to become that star mm-hmm. we drafted him. Now, he's not a bust. You know, I hear people saying, oh, he was a first-round bust. He's not a bust. No, well, he only played no. 20-some percent of the time. Yes, because we had guys in front of him that were better. Well, he's a first rounder. Why are they better? Well, the guys he had in front of him just had to be pro bowlers, former pro bowlers. And mm-hmm. I mean, some of these guys might have gold jackets on, you know what I'm saying? Adama can sue those guys, you know what I'm saying? Right. Bill Joseph, you know, Fletcher Cox, you know, Hargraves, all those guys were better. In fact, they were the top of, you know, during periods of, of their careers, they were right. the top linemen at their position during, you know, several points of their career. So, Jordan will step up. Jordan will play at a high level. Jordan will become that player we were looking for him to be. But it won't necessarily show up on the ticker tape. It won't necessarily show up in the stat column. It'll show up in the amount of reps in the, in the, in the defensive production, but it won't show up as far as numbers. Him being in the middle of that defense and creating havoc will allow others around him to play well. You'll start seeing you know, it, it, it reflecting in how many – tackles nicobe dean has how many tackles nicholas morrow has mm-hmm. that's where you're going to see the results of him being a dominant player in the middle of that defense mm-hmm. it'll be a you know guys like fletcher cox getting a lot more tackles because of him and how good he is and 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 and, and being and having control in the middle of that defense mm-hmm. so he is not by no means uh, um a flop at the number one draft pick last year he will be a lot better his snap total will go up he should be right around the same as Fletcher Cox he mm-hmm. should be playing 55 to 60 percent of the mm. snaps going into this season uh Brandon Graham played 43 percent of the snaps he's approaching 35 years of age is that a, is that a decent percentage for him or are you gonna have to scale back on that a little bit I think he's fine right around there. Give me, give me, if he plays 40% of the snaps, 38% of the snaps, it'll be great. But that means that guys like Sweat, their production, now I don't know how many reps they took. How many reps did, did Sweat take? Uh, I have to look that number up. Let me see. If he plays the number of snaps that I think he's going to play, which is right around the same as Fletcher Cox, that'll be a great year for him. Because he's one of those guys that he has to be out on the field. It's, it's, it's imperative that he's out. He's that good now. He's become that much of a force that we need him more, no, um, not more productive. He's going to get more produ- uh, production as he right. plays more. 
but his numbers are going to go up as far as his influence in the game also. His stat line will get a lot better than it even was this year. Even though he was a double-digit sack guy, his stats lines are like tackles are going to go up, hurries are going to go up, knockdowns are going to get blow up. He's going to be a definite better player. I just need – we just don't know what we're going to get from Brandon, you know, um, not Brandon, but Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett, yeah. I believe he's going to be right around that 40% also. Uh, to answer your question, uh, Josh Sweat played 53% of the snaps. Uh, oh, how many? 53%. See, you need to be around 55, okay. 56%. Yep. Uh, Milton Williams, uh, young, uh, continues to get better, played 35% of the snaps last year. Do you give him more? You give him more looks in the trenches? You give him more looks in the trenches, and that's where you're going to get that maybe 5 to 10% that you take away from Fletcher Cox. That's where it's going to come from. It's going to come from Fletcher's numbers. So if Fletcher's right around 55%, that means that, you know, um, Williams is, is, is went up right around about 45 to, you know, to 50% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very doable for him. He's talented enough to be out there that many snaps also. Mm-hmm. You know, he's good, man. He's a lot better than he, than uh, the reps that he's he's taken right now. He can play a lot more because he's he's that much of an influence and impact player. All right. How do you see like Marlon Tui Pelotu? All right, he played 20.98% of snaps. Okay, we don't we don't talk much about him, you know. There's no need to. Okay, why not? I mean, 6'2, 307. You know, he's got that hog, he's got that hog physique for the trenches. Yeah, he you, does. you don't you don't think you don't think he can Elevate his role in his – is he a spot player? You don't think being uh, another year in the league, understanding what's expected of him, obviously a different scheme, but he's a big body, take up space. You talked a lot about him. You talked about his potential in training camp early on in the season. And Are man, you backing off that now? No, him and Marvin Wilson. Okay. I'll get about the same amount of reps. They will spell uh, Jordan Davis. They'll have to spell him. They'll be the guys that come in for him. Those three guys are going to rotate to that nose position, that nose tilt position. You know, that's Marvin Wilson. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Marla Tuipolotu and Jordan Davis should own that either head-up nose or, 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 or cock um, uh, one technique in the middle of the defense. I can say that. All those guys are playing at a high level when they're given an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, they gave me some production. They're space eaters. They moved the pocket. They moved the barometer of that defense by being there, by getting penetration 
You have to run around them. When you run around, that gives everybody else an opportunity to come make a play. Yeah, that's what their job is to do that. And they'll both get a, they'll get they'll both get ample opportunity to play in spelling. Uh, Jordan Davis, they'll definitely get that. You you, you mentioned Jordan, Jordan Davis several times. He he played 20 20 uh, percent of the snaps this past season. Um, we we've all agreed in unison. He's going to have to step his game up big time. But he's also in a very high profile, high, a high critical market in terms of expectations of players who are drafted high. Do you think, you know, you've had a chance to talk to him, meet him a little bit. Do you think, at what point do you think he starts to feel the pressure? Is it OTA as soon as they hit the ground running in May? Is it as training camp goes on and we start to see him do more and more in one-on-one situations and obviously if they scrimmage against other teams? Or do we have to wait until the regular season before we get a, a true gauge of what, exactly jordan davis is or is not all right it's uh at 130 at 132 i'm trying to figure out why are you looking at your clock because 132 the pressure's on him the clock is ticking the pressure's on him he uh, he knows what his job is he knows what's going to be asked of him he's got to play his way into the position he's got to play his way into shape he's got to play his way into being a dominant inside force Mm -hmm. and and you know you talk to everybody that play linebacker in a three-four system about their nose guard, and they'll tell you. You 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 talk to Larry Foote, James Ferrier, they would have done none of the things that they did. They wouldn't have been as good as they were without Casey Hampton. Mm-hmm. You look at Ray Lewis, he would be nothing without Saragusa. You gotta have a dominant nose in front of you in order to have Hargraves when he was in Pittsburgh. They were good because he was dominant in front of Fox and all those guys yep. were dominant because of him. You've got to have a boss in the middle of the defense making plays. That's why I'm so stuck on him being a dominant player. And like I can say you it won't show up in the in the in the number column. It's gonna show up in the production of everybody around him. He's gotta be that dominant force in there, man. I mean, all those years, you know, with 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 you know what was going on up in Buffalo. When they had Keith Washington and those guys, mm-hmm. you gotta have those big guys in front of you eating up those blocks, man. You gotta have that dominant force, man. So he knows that he's gotta have the pressure was on him at 132 today. From this point forward, he's gotta be the man. All right, let's go over to the other side of the football. Um, we know Dallas Goddard is the man, to use your words, uh, at the tight end position. But I think there's still a huge question mark in terms of who emerges as that that number two tight end. Uh, uh, and I'm not just talking about a body. You know, we know Jack Stoll can block, which is what he did. But, they, you know, most effective offenses have two good tight ends that are options. I'm still in the question of who, who's that guy. I mean, Stoll played 49% of the snaps, but look at his numbers. Uh-huh. Grant Calcaterra had a couple of catches sporadically here and there. And then you got Tyree Jackson who only played 2.8%. I'll get to Tyree in a moment. But is is Jack Stoll or Calcaterra the answer as a definitive backup or sidekick to Dallas Goddard? Mm. See, this is crazy because Grant Calcaterra, given the opportunity, he played pretty good. Um, the last couple of games, like the, the first – the first Giants game, yeah, he showed that he could block number one. They can use him for more than the tight end. They used him as fullback in that game, and he had some great blocks and great production from being a fullback slash tight end, okay, H back type of player. I like him. Um, 
he's our pass catching tight end. Even though he, he's trying to block, he'll be our pass catching tight end. Uh, Jack Stoll, Jack Stoll does whatever's asked of him. Mm-hmm. Whatever's that. They don't throw the ball to him because they always throw it to Dallas Goddard. It's not because he's not open. It's because they just don't choose to throw to him. Sometimes, you know, you just don't get the production out of a guy in numbers, but he's still you still know that he's out there. Jack Stahl is 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 pretty good. He is the number two tight end on this roster. It just so happened that Grant Calcaterra is the tight end that we're gonna throw to more than we throw to Jack Stahl. When we go into 13 personnel, one running right. back, three tight ends. It'll be Grant Calcaterra, Jack Stahl, and Dallas Goddard. But, B. Brooks, if they don't throw the stole, doesn't that tell you that maybe they don't trust his hands? I understand he's he's more suitable as a blocker in their offensive scheme. But, see, that worries me. If you play tight end, it means you got to be able to catch the ball as well. And if they go to that third option, which is Calcaterra as a pass catcher more so than stole, because if they wanted to, um, Calcaterra could block at times just to throw a defense off. you got running backs that can step up in a hole and supposedly block as well. I'm wondering why Stoll is a more of a viable option in the passing game. Well, it's just because of Grant Cockatier is faster. Stoll is Stoll's not as fast. He's a very adequate tight end. He can run. He can run routes. He can catch, too. He doesn't drop anything. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He catches when the ball is thrown to him. It's not like he's not open. It's not like they can't throw to him. But why throw to him when you got a Dallas Goddard? Why throw to him when you got – A.J. Brown. Why throw to him when you've got guys that are get paid to, to catch it more so than he does? Right. So he's just not that option. He may be the seventh option that they go to. They'll throw to a running back before they throw to him, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he can't catch when um, given the opportunity. It doesn't mean that he's not open when they ask him to go out throwing pass play. He's just not the, you know, the option. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, they're the option. That's who they're going to throw to. They'll throw to um, Kenneth Gainwell before they throw to Jack Stahl. And it's not no fault of him. He's done everything he needs to do. Another Nebraska guy. But right. you know, he, he gets it done, man. He gets it done. I like Grant. I like Grant. The, the one guy at that position I've been really waiting to see, I've been anxious to see try to emerge in some capacity, is Tyree Jackson. You're going to keep waiting. Every time he steps on the field, he gets hurt. And the only sample of work that I have of him is in preseason games a few years ago when he made some great catch. Number one, he's 6'7". He has the size, which is a 250, uh, can run a little bit. That's a nightmare matchup for any linebacker, safety, or corner that opposes him. Got a wingspan like a 747. But every time you think about, okay, what's he going to do? He he gets hurt. Now, are, are we are we sitting here talking about okay it's time to move on from him and possibly look at another option? It's another low round draft pick in the upcoming draft, or maybe pick up an un, another undrafted tight end to, to bring in to see if you can develop. Well, number one, also he's he's actually I think he's a he's an unrestricted free agent. I think okay. So right now he's really not even on the roster. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, he's an unrestricted free agent, so he can go out there and test the waters. He's he was hurt for the majority of the season. Right. But just like you said, you can't be Mr. Class. You can't make the club in the tub. You can't always be getting hurt, bro. Understand you play quarterbacks. So you're not used to getting the, the the pounding and bruising and inline blocking that you have to be to be a tight end in this league. 
But I mean, they can't, they can't, they can no longer waste time on you being a, a, a shoulda, coulda, and woulda. You got to be able to go out there and play, man. You got to be able to produce. And he hasn't had that opportunity. He's had the opportunity, but he just hasn't shown it. You know what I'm saying? Um, John Dickerson, that's you may be right, man. Tyree Jackson mm-hmm. is like the Sean Bradley of tight ends. Oh, oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, wow. Sean did, he, did he really go there? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, Sean Bradley, you know, he really get an opportunity to play on regular defense. I think he was hurt last year, but when he was special teams guy, he was a special teams guru. You know what I'm saying? Right. When he did play right. defense, he played really aggressive. I mean, he was, you know, going out there with, with bad intentions when he was out there. So the few times he got an opportunity, he was running to the ball, hitting. He was going out there making plays when he could. But it just wasn't the consistent. You know, you know, you see in the preseason – he looks like he can play, but then he's overrunning things, and you just need time to 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 work your way into being that. He just doesn't have the time to do it, and sometimes that'll make your career a lot shorter than what it is. It's all about maximizing your opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And when I looked over, I saw you know Christian Ellis, tight end, I mean, uh, the, the linebacker. Um, he maximizes opportunities when he got on the field. And played regular defense. Yeah, fifty three showed up, made some plays. When you know, I looked at you know Nicobe Dean when he got out to play uh, defense. Seventeen showed up to play. When I saw Reed Blankenship, Reed Blankenship had the ugliest number. I think it was like forty seven. Right, right. One of the ugliest numbers in the league playing DB. But during the preseason, you saw forty seven making plays. He was showing up. Hmm. You got to show up when you give it an opportunity, man. Tyree Jackson had opportunities to make plays. Right. But didn't. Got in the game at tight, uh, at tight end. They threw it to him. He dropped it. Can't drop that, bro. Hmm. You got to take advantage of those opportunities, man. The, the, what what they call NFL? Not for long. Not for long, baby. They're only going to have so many times, you know, they say, all right, his potential is why he's here. After a while, that potential becomes – you know, nothing but the word potential. You know what I'm saying? You don't live up to potential. You know, you don't have the potential because you haven't lived up to it. Mm. Uh, one name that, that's been prominent in the upcoming NFL draft uh, that Eagles fans are screaming about, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I want to get your perspective on this. Everybody's clamoring in this region for the Eagles to draft that running back out of Texas, B. John Robinson. Oof. We know the Eagles have the number 10 and number 30 picks. Would you? We know that's not going to happen at number ten. But you think the Eagles are going to spend a first round pick on a on a running back, even if they stayed at thirty? I don't. From I, what I've learned, I don't. I don't either, and I don't see him. I, I, I was thinking about that he might he might go right around, you know, in the top ten. But now that I think about it, man, that you know, with Zeke getting cut, you know, from that. Contract has Saquon Barkley getting the franchise tag. Yeah. Uh, running back from from uh, from uh, the Raiders, he got a franchise tag. Yeah. They just don't value the running back as they used to when I was playing. You know, you had Emmitt Smith back in the day. You had Ricky Waters. You had Eric Dickers. You had guys that they valued at the running back position. Tiki Barber. They just don't value that running back like that anymore. They don't run the ball as consistent. Now, it's starting to change the tide a little bit. You see guys like Christian McCaffrey more mm-hmm. be more of these, you know, these weapons um, in the backfield. You know, Miles Sanders got an opportunity to play and, and had over 1,200 yards. 
they just don't do it as much as they used to. You know, the kid from the Chargers, you know, he's, you know, they're taking average guys, making them great. So you don't want to go out and get a guy that, you know, that high in a draft. Now, in saying that, would he be great in his offense? Can you imagine him being in this offense? And the Eagles don't run a bell cow back system. Right. They're running back by committee. But if you get a guy like him, he could be a bell cow back because, number one, he can catch out the backfield. He could run those angle routes and Texas routes in the middle of the field. It'd be great matchups against, you know, linebackers or safety. He's too big for safeties. He's too fast for linebackers. He can outrun guys to the edge. You know, he can mm-hmm. run the ball outside. He can run it between the tackles. He's done all that stuff in college. He's going to be mm-hmm. a player in this system. And can you imagine him and 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 Jalen Hurts lined up in the same backfield? You've got to bring that eighth defender in the box to stop him. But it's going to be hard on defenses. They're going to pick wrong because you put eight defenders in the box. That means you're one on one in the outside, right? With 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 Smitty and Brown, <clears throat> and and then you have the tight end in the middle of the field with Dallas Goddard. You pick your poison. That would be one hell of a system to run against when you have that much talent that can run the ball and there's guys on the outside. Will the Eagles do it? No. I've seen a lot of yeah. guys in the mock yeah. draft say they're going to pick them up at 10. I just can't see Howard Roseman and, and them doing that. They just don't do that because they don't value the running back position like uh, like most teams. No, not like the old NFL used to do. <clears throat> I think Gainwell is, is, is the – Right now, the number one back, even with Rashad Penny being in the backfield, I think they love what they saw from I him. Agree. I agree. Super, especially towards the end of the season. Here you have a 1,200-yard back in your backfield, and you're still splitting reps half and half during the Super Bowl and yep. the playoff games with Kenneth Gainwell. Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell had equal amounts of reps going into the Super Bowl in the playoffs. You know what I mean? That's That's unheard of. When you have a guy with that much potential back there with um with with you know what they have with Miles Sanders, but he showed that he's that explosive that you got to get him on the field. I think he's the starter. Rashad Penny's up next, and they got Boston Scott. Now, do I think that this is the backfield they're gonna go into the season with? Right. No, no. No, they're gonna I, bring I, in somebody else. I, I will tell you this: if the Eagles let let Robinson get away and the Dallas Cowboys draft him. People in this region will lose their absolute minds. Oh, man. That they guy go, they, you, know, I, you know, hey, look, they got an opening, you know, even though they signed Ronald Jones, but they have an opening now. Um, and, you know, Jerry Jones is is very liable li- li- liable to, 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 to make a move like that. Um, he loves to piss people off, too. I'm that telling you, man, if, if, they, if the Eagles let him slide and he ends up in Dallas – People, people will go from the highest of highs in terms of the draft to the lowest of lows if he's wearing a Dallas Cowboys star on his helmet. They will be so pissed, <laughs> so so pissed. What did you think? Oh man! Oh, oh man! They 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 would be so mad, bro. They would be too mad. All right, we're too we're gonna mad. step aside right now, um, and when we come back, uh, we're gonna shift gears just a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about 76ers have a big game coming up tonight. Uh, the NBA family lost one of the great ones uh, yesterday. What a finish it was in the World Baseball Classic last night. You couldn't have written a better script about that. Uh, also, we're going to talk about a few other things around the NBA. And one of the Flyers executives seems that his offspring uh, is in a bit of hot water. 
And also, uh, you guys that are chatting in with us today, if you have a football question or a question in general, you want to ask coming up in the 2 o'clock hour, get your questions ready. We'll try to get in as many as we can of that as well. Rob Ellis, as we've told you throughout this show, off today and tomorrow, and deservedly so, putting up with the likes of me and Brooks every day. So he deserved <laughs> to free his mind and his soul will follow. This is Sports Take. That's Barrett Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. We're right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say... We got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild. And time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We welcome you back into this Wednesday edition of Sports Day. Along with Barrett Brooks, I'm Derek Gunn. We've talked a lot of football. Thank uh, Zach Berman as well for hopping on with us for about 15 minutes to talk some football. Give us a little insight, as he always does. But other sports are going on as well. And, of course, the uh, 76ers B Brooks uh, coming up tonight. Rematch with the Chicago Bulls Monday night. The Bulls in overtime knocked the 76ers off their winning streak. They beat the uh, – 
76ers here in Philadelphia in overtime. And, of course, now the Sixers get back at them tonight. We are in the stretch run, uh, the home stretch run of the NBA. Teams jockeying for a position. The uh, Eagles are right on the heels. I mean, the Sixers are right on the heels of Boston and the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, it's a regular season game, but it's an important game for both teams. 76ers trying to move up that ladder of pecking order. The Bulls right now holding on to that 10th spot, that play-in spot. They're clean, and they played like a desperate team the other night. Now the 76ers get to go into their backyard, B. Brooks. What kind of statement should the 76ers be trying to make going back in there tonight? James, you know, James Harden had an off game, one of his worst games the other night. And as a whole, what kind of statement should they be trying to make tonight? Oh, that'll be the biggest thing. You know, the statement is that, you know, Harden will be back. You know, he's not going to go out there and score five points. You could believe that. Mm-hmm. And B to go out there and get his 35 to 37. I think Tobias Harris will step up a little bit. And, and and you know, Max is going to give you, your, your, you know, 25, 26 in this game. And then they're going and win this game and right off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. The Bulls are talented. They'll play better defense on DeRozan, you know what I'm saying? And I can't see, you know, Levine will get his. You know, he'll start throw some trade balls up. But there's just those two, you know what I mean? I, I I think, you know, if you can stop one of those guys, then they'll, you know, they'll win this game. They'll win this game. But they must, they must get more from Harden. Five points, this is going to take it. And, you know, everybody else has to step up also play a decent game. Like, even if, you know, Harris gives us 20 points, you give us 20 points this game, right. we know you're going to get about 20 off Maxi, that'd be 35, and then we turn around and we get Harden and give us at least 25, we'll win that game easily. Mm. Easily. So this will be an easy win for the for the um, 76ers. Guaranteed. Okay. Um, you have always stood, Pat, that you don't care where the 76ers are seated just as long as you get to the finish line healthy um you look at the way the other teams are playing like like the bostons and, and the milwaukee's and those teams are playing their frontline players you know they're not backing off they understand the importance of getting to the finish line as high as you can get. that is important that you is know? important yeah jogging for position that is important you know it's important that you're not playing um you know upper echelon team <clears throat> excuse me yeah in the playoffs first you know, you don't want to play, you know, start off with the Celtics. You don't want to start off, you know, playing a team like that. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's just a harder matchup. But I will take a healthy Embiid and a healthy right. Harden right. going into playoffs, no matter who we're playing. It doesn't matter if we're playing, you know, whoever, you know, the Celtics or anybody else. If you play Milwaukee and you played hard, all the you know, going into the playoffs – but one of those guys are not going in healthy. It doesn't matter right. where you put them at, man. Right. They'll lose to they'll lose to to the Bulls again. Health is the biggest thing we need to go in uh, going into the playoffs. If we can go into the playoffs healthy, the past two years we have not went into the playoffs healthy. Whenever Embiid has something wrong with him or Harden has something wrong with him, going into the playoffs, man, is all for naught because you can't carry a team like that when you're not healthy. Period. I think health is the health is the biggest the biggest thing we need to go into this um playoff situation with. That's just that's just my way of thinking. Right, right. And from what I've seen, you know, it didn't matter to me that they were the number one seed last year, but they didn't go into the health, they didn't go into it being that number one seed the healthiest they were been. So it didn't matter. As soon as Embiid got hurt, 
They lost to a Miami in the series. I think one of the biggest criteria is how do you gauge how you push Joel Embiid from this point on and knowing when to back off because that foot issue is not going to go away uh, anytime soon. And like you say, you, you, you're playing now with a sense of urgency more so than ever before because you are jockeying for position. You've got teams behind you that are jockeying for positions. you got teams in front of it, in front of you trying to maintain their status. You're right in there. You're in that horse race. I think that's, that's big, in ter- and it's something to watch closely in terms of how many minutes he plays or which game they yes. get him out to try to keep him healthy right. without costing them significantly in terms of what they're trying to do to get to that finish line. You got to get him to the finish line healthy, man. And when you look at it, we know what Embiid can do. Embiid can carry this team. He's not even worried about, really, I'm hoping he's not even worried about the MVP race. Let the cards fall where they may. Even if he has to sit them out, that'll take him out of MVP um, race a little bit. But but what they're fighting for is a championship. And if they can stay healthy going to this playoffs, man, I really think that they can get the upper hand. And no matter who they play, doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? If if we can go in with healthy and beat, I think we can beat, you know, Milwaukee. We can beat the Bucks. Yep. We can beat the um, you know, the, the the Celtics if we're healthy. So, I mean, that's just my way of thinking, man. All right. Some uh other news around the uh NBA from last uh last night in particular. Um the Memphis Grizzlies, who sit uh in second place in the West, three and a half games behind Denver. Uh their forward, Dylan Brooks, <laughs> gets his eighteenth. 18th technical of the season on Monday night uh, in, a, in a win over Dallas for taunting the Mavericks bench. It's the second time this month he'll get a one-game suspension. I believe it's the third time this season. Uh, it, they refer to him as Dylan the Villain. Um, and, and he's basically said, I know I have to control that a little bit better. But can you really rein in a guy like that, man? Can, can you no. can you rein him in? Is he at a point? He is what he is, and nobody on that team can stop him from being, which could be detrimental to that Memphis team somewhere. It is detrimental to that team because you know you can't rely on him. Relying on a guy is is is, is big, man. And if you can't rely on him going into key situations, you know, and the fact that he might go out there and do something stupid, you can't rely on him. The the likelihood he's going to be on the court during those times, you know, it, it starts to thin out a little bit. You know, I mean, I can remember um, two years ago with 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 the Eagles, and you got Derek, Derek, them damn Derricks, but oh, Derek Barnett. You had to put the D in front of Derek, it, really. I mean, I to, those Derricks. You know, even though he spells it the right way, he which spells is the right way, D E R E K. That ain't the right way. Come on, that, man. That's that's how he spells is, it. Man, you know what? That's <laughs> that, that's that's what you just said is a sin. but you know he he, his playing time went down more and more because he couldn't control his antics of being a guy that couldn't control you know his emotions and to go out there doing stupid stuff hopefully he's grown up a little bit and he's past that you know uh point in his career where he makes those type of stupid mistakes but if you can't trust the guy you can't have him on the field Mm. same thing Dylan, you can't you can't trust him you can't have him on the court especially on crucial times yes he's a good defender you know what I'm saying? Yes, he's a spark plug. 
But if you can't, you know, you can't, you can't continue to make those type of mistakes and they can't rely on you being on the court. You know, he got a one game suspension for that. Mm-hmm. 18, bro, don't they fine you for that? Yes. Yeah. Obviously, you don't care. I mean, it's the second time, <laughs> the second time this month he's getting suspended for one game. He, he doesn't care. Well, yeah, I do, care. Hey, when you make that NBA money, what's the, what's the fine? What's the $25,000 fine? Whatever it is. What's the, what's the, that's, that's pocket change. It's well, like pocket change to B. Brooks. No. No, I'm, I, I'll tell you a story about that. I'm playing the Detroit. We played uh, We played Tampa Bay early in the season. Yeah. And it was an interception. Sat went back and hit my boy, knocked him out the game. So me and him started fighting. <clears throat> they throw the flash. I get a $25,000 fine. Two. $25,000. I get my check back. Sanji sees the check like, whoa, what, what, what happened to the check? Yeah, I got fined $25,000. They take the money out of your check that next week. So you I, on Sunday, I go back to the league office and get it. Right. <laughs> so, so, so you play on Sunday. You get fined. You get paid on Tuesday. That twenty five grand was out of my check on Tuesday. Long story long. It's four... You know, it's like four games down the season. We played Tampa Bay again, yeah. but we played Tampa Bay at home. Long story long, we're going out there. Sap does something stupid. I turn around about to fight him. We're in the Silverdome. Right, All of a sudden, right. you can hear Sanjay say, you better not. Well, I'm on the field, and I heard her say, you better not. Oh, Don't man. you throw a punch. It was so loud that I heard her name in the Silverdome. All the players on the field was like this. What was what? <laughs> Charlie Bass came to me see dog? He said, Dog, was that Sanji? She said, Yeah, man. I got fined like you know three or four weeks ago, man. <laughs> she said, You been man. heard her name out of everybody in the stadium, bro. That's how loud it was. Wow. So, so long story long. I, I cared about getting fined, bro. That was mm. the last time I got fined for 25 grand. Um, last night, fourth quarter, Clippers playing OKC. Uh, Paul George goes up to grab a rebound, comes down, a knee hits another player, OKC player's leg. His knee buckled like a bow, man. Uh, he crumpled to the floor, got up, had to be taken off on a card. Uh, right now, the Clippers are the five seat in the West, one game, just one game up on uh, Golden State. That that could be a big loss um, for the Clippers, man, because uh, Paul George has been one of the heart and soul of that team all season long. That is, man. I mean – He's probably the only one that's been consistently playing out of the out of the big two or big three now uh, this season, man. Oh, yeah. that's a that's a that's a that's a crucial blow, crucial crucial blow for that team, man. What do they do now? You know what I mean? I mean, they were struggling as it was. I mean, they were winning record, but they were struggling as it was w- with him out there. And now you don't have one of your big guns, especially the way they like to shoot games out in the, in that West. Well, that's the that's the problem, man. Because they're they're right in the hunt. But this could really, really kill him, bro. This could really kill him, man. Mm. Um, the the NBA uh, lost uh, one of their family members last night, truly one of the great ones. Uh, Willis Reed uh, passed away yesterday at the age of 80. Uh, he led the Knicks to their only two NBA titles, mm. played 10 years in the league, all with the Knicks, was the NBA Rookie of the Year in 1965, MVP 1970, seven-time All-Star, a five-time All-NBA selection was named to the NBA's 50th and 75th 
anniversary teams, and more importantly, back on May 8th, 1970, had one of the most iconic moments in the history of the NBA. It was Game 7 of the NBA Finals against the Lakers and Wilt Chamberlain, a guy named Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, Willis Reed wasn't even supposed to play in that game because he had such a, uh, a severe thigh injury. He had already missed Game 6. All of a sudden, he comes hobbling out of the tunnel in Game 7, and Madison Square Garden goes wild. And, you know, and people are going nuts. This dude's limping out there. He goes out and he scores the first two baskets of the game. The only baskets he scored the entire game, he scores the first two of the game to set the tone and inspired his teammates to the point they go on and win that game seven to give the Knicks the NBA championship. Uh, Willis Reed, to me, was one of the true ambassadors of the game. Yes, he was, man. You know, just the way he carried himself, man. You know, so stoic and how he – you know, just you know, no nonsense guy, man. I, I, yeah, man. This is this is this is truly uh you know something that's heartfelt, especially for those Knicks fans. Um one other note, and I want to ask you this before we move on to baseball. I don't know if you got to see it last night. Did you get to see the baseball, the world baseball classic final game last night? I saw a little bit of it, uh, bits and pieces of it, but I didn't see the very end, man. I'm kind of pissed off I didn't see it, man. Do you, we, how many sports movies do we watch with dramatic finishes? Okay. Um, here it is Japan versus the USA. First of all, second inning, Trey Turner sets the tome, hits a, hits a solo shot to left. Uh, USA goes up one, nothing. Then, you know, between the fourth, the second and fourth innings, Japan comes back, takes a three, one lead. All of a sudden, bottom of the eighth, Schwarber hits a bomb, upper deck bomb to right field to make it three to two. And that sets the stage for what's to come um, in that ninth inning. Um, you got Otani, okay? Uh, the, dra- the drama's building. You got Otani on the mound. He's facing his teammate, Mike Trout. Wow. Okay? Facing his teammate, Mike Trout, all right? The count runs to three and two. Otani throws a nasty slider. And when I say nasty, I can't emphasize the word nasty enough. Throws a, a, a 3-2 slider to Trout and strikes him out. Oh. To end the game. To end the game. To end right? the game. To end the game. Oh. You talk about drama at its finest, dude. Um, now, Otani had not been a relief pitcher since 2016 when he was playing in the uh, postseason in Japan. So he, he he started two games in these baseball classics. They call him on to close a game out last night. And it was a little rocky early on because the leadoff batter uh, gets a walk, and then the next batter hits into a double play ball, and that sets the stage for Trout to come up. Oh, and do you talk about a place tense, electric, wild, going nuts? I mean, think about it, B. Brooks. Two teammates against each other. Runs the count to 3-2. Everybody's sitting on the edge. Is Trout going to deliver? Is Otani going to do what what everybody's – and at one point during the game when he was pitching, when he came in a relief, Otani threw a pitch. It hit 101.5 on the radar. Mm. 101. Now, he's not that big of a dude. Right. 101.5. I mean, he's throwing lasers up there, dude. And the place goes nuts when he strikes him out, man. I thought it was one of the best – one of the best baseball scenarios I've seen in a long time. How did you miss that? Bro, I, I don't know, man. How did I miss it? I mean, I'm pissed off because I didn't see it, bro. But I mean, just just look at it, man. It, they this this is turning out to be bigger than um 
I think baseball thought it was going to be. This might be what brings back baseball mm. to the younger fans, man. Okay. You know what I mean? This could help them out a lot as far as going to that younger fan base. Um, you, you, you Guess who was the MVP of the series? Who's that? Trey? Otani. Otani was. Now look, wow. look at the numbers. Look at the first of all, Japan finished seven and zero. Didn't lose a game in this tournament. All right, here's here's Otani's uh, stats for the entire uh, baseball classic. He was ten for twenty three at the plate, including four doubles. He had eight RBI. He hit four thirty five. He had one home run. His on base percentage was six oh six. As a pitcher, see that's, had, that's those are great uh, numbers for a batter. That's a batter, okay? <laughs> now, as a pitcher, now get this. Now think about this for a moment. As a pitcher, he had two starts, one closer appearance. He gets two wins. His ERA, 1.89. What? He, he pitched a total of 9.2 innings, okay, nine and two-thirds innings. He had 11 strikeouts in nine and two-thirds innings. I mean, is there anything in the batting average against, opposing batting average against was 152. Is there anything this dude? The problem is he's being wasted away out there on the left coast, man. Both of them are. Both I mean, they both are. are. Yeah. But this dude is a freak of nature, man. Are you kidding me? That is crazy, bro. Crazy. I wish I wish we could see him more of him because I, every time I see him, which is sporadic, obviously we don't get to see a lot of West Coast games. But just to watch him, dude, um, is is off the charts. Off the charts. All right, uh, one other note. First of all, the Flyers uh, won a rare game last night. Uh, they they won it. Uh, they beat the Florida Panthers. Uh, it was only the Flyers' fifth win in their last uh, 16 games. Um, the Florida Panthers had won three in a row and six of their last seven. Florida outshot the, the, the Flyers 44-24, to 24, and yet the Flyers win it 6-3. to three. Go figure. Carter Hart had 41 saves in that game. That's ridiculous, bro. We're talking about wasting talent. Yeah, yeah. How about that? You know, yeah. wasting talent. And you know what's going to happen, right? What? Since they're in an all-out rebuild mode now, Yeah, yeah. they're going to trade them away. And this is just befitting of us. We finally get our goalie, and we're about to trade him away in this rebuild. Because no need to no, keep him right don't now. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't Why say keep him right now? We're rebuilding. Yeah, I guess. We're, we're rebuilding. So why and, keep him? Would yeah. you keep him? I, I would. I would try to keep him and build around him. I mean, they, they don't have enough as it is. I don't want to just give everything away. I mean, obviously, if he if he could get you some bait in, in terms of you know defensemen, wingers, so on and so forth, okay. But I mean, I don't want to have to go out there and look for that another goalie. You don't know unless you get a proven vet. You know what I'm saying to come in here. But I, I just I, you got to keep something, B. Brooks. I can't see him keeping him, bro. I just can't see it. Um, all right, staying with the Flyers thing for just a moment. Uh, the interim GM, Danny Briere, has a son, Carson, who plays hockey at Mercyhurst University in Erie, PA. All right. Now, police there have uh, filed charges of criminal mischief, criminal conspiracy, uh, conspiracy to commit mischief, and disorderly conduct because Briere, who is on the hockey team there, along with a player from the lacrosse team, were caught on surveillance cameras, pushing an unoccupied wheelchair down a flight of stairs at a local bar back on March 11th. Now, police say um, it possessed, uh, it posed a potential danger to anyone coming up the stairs, also creating a hazardous condition <clears throat> by blocking the stairs. 
the owner of the wheelchair filed a complaint saying the wheelchair had all kind of damage to it. Uh, left brake handle broken, uh, the right armrest plastic molding broken, bent a rear uh, handle and other damage as well. He said two years ago he paid $2,000 for the wheelchair. Now, Briere, um, as well as others, have been suspended indefinitely by the university. He also apologized through the Flyers organization for his action. He takes full responsibilities. But it seems that his troubles don't stop there. It seems that uh, he was dismissed from the Arizona State hockey team uh, for what the school called a violation of team rules. Now, you've been in that position being a professional athlete and having kids up and coming. How much did you have to emphasize to your kids, don't go out there and embarrass the family name? See, that's the problem right there, man. You know, the name on the back of my jersey means a lot, not just to myself, but my father and, and grandfather and, you know, all those before who, who wore my last name. Yep. And my kids understood that wholeheartedly they understood that same thing make you laugh make you cry they use that name at time to gain an advantage oh my dad is barrett brooks so they use that you know what i'm saying but they've also used it for evil oh i uh uh please don't tell you know my, my dad's gonna you know he you know he, he might get in trouble for me because of that you mm. know what i'm saying so it's a double-edged sword my kids knew they knew and they would act accordingly you know what i'm saying they knew that it, it means something um because of that sometimes it can be a detriment to 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 young men because or women because they feel as though they're empowered they they're they're more than what they are right and and that's that's a, that's a serious problem now now I know Danny personally in fact me and Danny went on vacation together one time really uh, yeah out to out to Colorado you know we were in Aspen uh he was skiing I wasn't skiing okay like but um Danny's a great guy, great kids. You know, they were great while they were there. He had his family there. It, it, it was it was a nice, you know, nice vacation. He's the nicest guy in the world. Mm. Now, you know, now Pops is in a position where he's, you know, the interim G, GM. So it's not the way you want to enter into this job. But if there's anybody that's able to handle it, Danny can handle it. You know what I'm saying? He, right. he, he definitely held his head up. He admitted that it was, you know, his son was wrong about it. He officially um, apologized, even on NBC Sports. He apologized. In the organization, you know, they feel as though, you know, he did what he needed to do and to keep his job and keep going on. He handled it, you know, uh, as the consummate pro, you know what I'm saying? But his son, you know, he, he has a lot that he has to think about as he goes forward. You know, you can't continue to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Some kids, especially at 23 years old, which his son Carson is 23. So, you know, so that entitlement only goes so far, you know, use that entitlement for good. I tell people all the time, man, you know, <clears> the <throat> best, best superheroes in the world use their, you know, their, their powers for good. Right. But some of the worst villains in the world, if they use it for good, be some of the best superheroes in the world. You know what I'm right, saying? So right, don't be right. a villain. You know what I'm saying? Be a superhero, but you know some people don't, they don't understand that, man. And and you know, it's, it, I would never want to embarrass my pops. You know mm. what I'm saying? Never wanted to do that. Never want to embarrass my pops or my grandfather. So that's something I would never do. Well, unfortunately, we live in a day and age where we see a lot of uh, uh, prominent entertainers and athletes' children stepping out of boundaries and causing 
uh, unnecessary and unwarranted attention to the family name. And uh, so looking forward to seeing how this all plays itself out. An upcoming court date uh, will take place as well. All right. We are required at this time to step aside one more time. When we come back, uh, we will throw some uh, football news and notes out there at you and discuss that. And also, um, if you guys in the chat have some questions, some football questions you'd like to throw our way, feel free to do so at that particular time. He's Barry Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. This is Sports Day. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? Or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning? One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away. Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the wild woods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. All right, we are back on this edition of Sports Take on this Wednesday. We are halfway home to the upcoming weekend. And, and B. Brooks, spring is here. The weather is much nicer this week. You know I'm a happy man. You know I'm happy. <laughs> I'm like that kid on Christmas morning, man. You know, it, it don't take much to make me happy in life, man. Right, when you right, start right. talking about spring, 
Spring is here. You know what that means? I can get outside, get some work done in the yard, you know, kill all these weeds coming up, start getting it going through my fishing gear, get my fishing gear ready. Um, dude, I got I got 17 rods and reels. I got to check and oil and stuff like that to get ready. For the I got um, I got I got about 40 some 30, 40. So I'm gonna get rid of half of them. I'm gonna have a uh, hold up. You got ocean rods and reel? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can throw your boy D gun a few. I got one ocean rod. You throw your boy D gun some. I got you, man. I got you. Seriously, I got you. I'm I'm uh, I got I gotta I gotta get them out of there, man. Because I'm you know I'm in the process of downsizing. You know when you when you 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 know I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to buying a house. So, okay. you know, in the midst of doing that, you got to make sure you can't take everything with you. Got to leave leave your former most of your former. In your in your afterlife, I mean, in in in, in, in you know the next, you got to turn the next page, leave the rest of that book behind, and turn the next page. You don't want to bring all your old junk into your new one. Let, let me ask you this: did, did you stop looking for houses in Delaware? No, I gotta. I probably gotta go look the next two weeks ago. In Delaware? Yeah. Where you say you live at? Um. Uh. You know, we moved. <laughs> we we we're in Maryland now. I'm, I'm all you gotta tell me a, a whole new state, huh? <laughs> dude. It's funny because I remember you telling me, um, was it a, a year or two ago, a couple of years ago, when you, you told me that, um, and you know where I live, and you said there was a house down the road, less than two miles down the road, that at one point you and Sanji were can see your wife Sanji were seriously considering considering to buy, um, and then all of a sudden you guys decided to stay where stay where you were. And I went down and I said, I mean, that's a nice house, man. And my wife said, can you imagine Barrett Brooks two miles away from you? And I'm thinking, now that, would, that, would be that, would be, that would be quite interesting. Uh, they told around to say we couldn't buy the house. So, uh, Do you have anything to do with that, man? We couldn't buy the house, man? He couldn't buy the house. They said we couldn't buy it. No, they didn't. But it did. Why couldn't you buy the house? Because I think it was in like a, a 55 or over. Um, Community? Yeah. No, there's no 55 over community near I me. I think it was. I think it was. Really? Then yeah. I don't know this area as well as I thought. It, uh, as as well as I thought I knew it. They told you you couldn't buy it because man, it was a beautiful house, beautiful property. Yeah, but you know, see the really? area. You know, all the areas look the same. Well, you know what? Community? Because of those newer developments. That's what, man. You know when they spring up these developments nowadays, all the houses look the same. Yep. You might have yep. a garage on one opposite side of the house or something. They all look the same, man. Like can you imagine. If you get inebriated or something, you you walk up to the wrong door nowadays. Oh, you might get shot. See what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I might, I might come up to you. I mean, um, you know, walk up to your house. You you you. But I, I can see you now, Derek. No. See, <laughs> first of all, I, first of all, I will see you on a security camera. I have security cameras all the way around the house. So first of all, I will see you on a security camera. So I would just tell everybody. Put the dogs in the crate. Put, <laughs> first one of you say something, you're moving out tomorrow. I'm telling you right now. Don't say anything. Barrett, stand outside the door. No, man, that'd be crazy, man. If you live with me down here, that would be flat out crazy. It that'd would give me an excuse, to be honest. It would give me an excuse to get out of the house, to be honest. It'd be too much fishing, though, man. Because your, your house is only, how far is your house from the, from the ocean, man? Um, depends on which direction you want to go. If we go down to the Delaware beaches, well, see, like straight from the ocean, or bay or or the like the bay, like 20, 25 minutes, like right off Interstate 495. Yeah, that's crazy because I because I, right now I live 50 minutes from Atlantic City. It's Atlantic City. 50, right? 50 minutes? 
That's it. Minutes. Yeah, fifty minutes. Yeah. So I'm two minutes good. away. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, because I, you know, you like to fish in those, in those, uh, in lakes and streams. Oh, and yeah. I do that fish because that's that's the fishing I grew up in. Because I mean, I'm, yes. I'm in the Midwest also. You know, from St. Louis. You know, in the rivers and all that stuff. That's where I fished at. But I mean, since I got hooked with this, this deep this sea ocean, fishing yeah. and ocean fishing, ain't nothing like it, man. Ain't nothing like it, man. I, I, I enjoy it. I see, see, when I go to the beaches um, in Delaware, I'm I'm an hour and like 15 minutes away from beaches like Dewey, Rehoboth, Bethany beaches down that way. And then if I wanted to go to Jersey beaches, I'm anywhere from, depending on which one I want to go to, an hour and a half to two hours away from Jersey beaches. So I'm like right in the middle of everything. Like it takes me 55 minutes to drive to Baltimore, an hour and 45 minutes drive to D.C. and takes me like 2.15 to, to drive to New York. So I'm like I'm like right in the middle of all you know all, I'm out, I'm out of, I'm out of the boonies man. <laughs> I like it I like it out there too. Huh? I I I go buy a house by your son-in-law man. I mean that's oh gosh. Yeah you could you could. Yeah you I don't know. have enough we don't have enough property available for what you're looking for. Well see look when he you know it's great where he lives because he lives right there next door. Is his uncle lives his right uncle. there? Yeah oh yeah. So, I mean they can go in the his backyard. Wow man. Yeah, they go shooting stuff all the time back yes. there. You know what I'm saying? They shoot yes. their guns. Let me shoot my gun in my backyard. I have all the police in Voorhees. Man, you got especially black dude shooting a gun in the backyard in Voorhees. Man, they will lock me, lock me up so quick. Dude, so my, my son-in-law and my daughter, they, they have like four acres, you know, a little over four yeah. acres. And, dude, he goes right out on his patio deck shooting rabbits. Right. right the, <laughs> you know, shooting. I think you said he shot a deer once. Um, in his backyard, and, and of course they, you know, they eat everything they, they shoot. You know, he even oh, had my yeah. daughter. My daughter shot like a a rabbit or a squirrel. Or something. I said, "What do you, you, what do you know about guns?" <laughs> I'm like, "What? I'm like, what is going on here, man?" My daughter's yeah. shooting guns now, but yeah, man, you know, yeah, you Josh, Josh is, and see, Josh is only, and my adult, oldest daughter Anna, they're only 15 minute drive south of me. Well, you know, like I said, man, that's 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 the perfect place for me to be. You know, I gotta have my boats and stuff out there, and cars and stuff. You know, all that stuff, man. So I would I would love that. I would hey, love that. Look, Doug said that's the only time Voorhees cops will respond fast. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that, man. You know, you oh see the guy. Whoa, whoa, David. Hey, 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 hey. What are we doing here? Hey, hey, hey! A large, large black man with a gun. Right, right. Move hey, in. Hey, hey, hey! You know that's what I mean. It's, it's it's ridiculous, man. But you know it's, it's it's totally true, man. They don't play when it comes to guns out here. They don't play at all, man. I'm kind of glad they don't, man, because I don't have to worry about like what you have to worry about in Philly. Man, Philly's the Philly's the wild, wild west. Hey, man, I don't go wild, to Philly unless I have west. to, man. There's certain parts of Philly I don't touch anymore, dude. I ain't going to, hey, man. Certain parts of Philly like off limits. You know what I mean. Right, <laughs> off limits ain't going, bro. All right, but anyway, uh, let's get back to some football. And again, if you guys have some questions before we wrap up the show, you know, I always say time flies when you're having fun, mate. Like it's already two twenty-five, bro. We got less than thirty-five. We got about thirty-two minutes left in this show, and that mm. includes one more commercial break. So, uh, uh, start off with this: the Cowboys announcing that uh, they've added running back Ronald Jones. On a one-year deal, Jones, 25 years, uh, 5'11", uh, 205, 25 years old, five-year vet, spent his, uh, spent his first four years, Tampa Bay, last year in Kansas City, only played six games for him, 
His best season ever was 2020. He had 192 carries, 978 yards, seven touchdowns. But career-wise, the career-wise, he's averaged 4.4 yards per carry. Does does he do anything to make you turn your head in that Dallas Cowboys backfield? Absolutely not. He does not move the meter at all, bro. Um, He still won't play unless he has to because – because they don't have their starter back yet. You know I mean? Once Tony Pollard comes back, they, they believe in that bell cow back system. Mm-hmm. So as Tony can tote it, he'll be good. Uh, Ronald Jones, he hasn't done anything for me since he left Tampa Bay, man. So, okay. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that even then he was, he was, um, he was still a, a, um, a reserve back, put it like that. He was a reserve back. Um, I like, I like, what's the name? Rico uh, Doodle. Uh, Duddle, Doodle, whatever his name is, he played in, when he spelled um, Zeke in them. He he did a nice job for him, man. He ran pretty hard for him too, man. So um, number twenty three, he, he I thought he's pretty good for South Carolina. He's a, he's a pretty good back. I liked him when he had an opportunity to play. He showed that he can play. He can tote it. So I would I would I wouldn't mind having him. I mean I wouldn't mind. You know he would be he probably he probably be the second team back. Put it like that. He'll probably be the second team back. You know, the way you're talking, that means Dallas is going to take B. John Robinson, man. You know it's coming. Well, I mean, none of these guys move you know to me with the exception of Tony Pollard, man. I mean, none and of these he, guys. He's do. coming back off a serious injury. Yep, yep. So Malik Davis, Rico, uh, what was that? Dodo? John Digger said Rico Swap. <laughs> <laughs> Ronald oh, Jones man. and all those guys, you know, so yeah. they, man, don't say that, bro. Don't say that. Uh, staying with the Cowboys, they have re-signed defensive end Dante Fowler. He had six sacks last year. He's the third defender for the Cowboys to re-sign with their team. You know, we talked about Donovan Wilson re-signing, uh, Leighton Vander Esch re-signing, and now uh, Dante Fowler, man. So Dallas is uh, doing similar to what the Eagles have done in terms of trying to keep some of their own and keep that machine moving. No question. And then you know, with Stephon Gilmore opposite of Diggs, and I told you guys last year, um, Donovan Wilson, bro, he, he's he's better than what people give him credit for. He can play. I like his ability, man, to make plays around the line of scrimmage. He's a, he's a versatile safety. He can go out there. He can't really cover in a slot, but he can redirect. Mm-hmm. He can play great in, in, um, in, um, in zone coverage. In fact, he's about to, he's about to lay that hit. Um, on on um, Miles that you know I think he made him fumble. So you know mm. he's 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 definitely an aggressive player. I like him, man. I hate that he plays for Dallas. I thought he was out of there. I thought they were going to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kept him. That was smarter than to keep him, man. But Leighton Van Der Esch signed back. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's he's good. He was hurt for a good part of the season, but Leighton is a he's a player, man. And Dr. Fowler still rest the faster. It's not a lot of those guys out there, man. This free agency period had slim pickings in a lot of positions that you know are are are, are you know impact positions. Right. So right. this 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 has been one of the one of the most almost like a boring offseason because a lot of the stars stayed tied up with their teams. Mm. A lot of them did. Um, people people. I see people talking about how they feel that Stefan Gilmore is washed up. 2021, he had an offseason because he was dealing with an injury. He had a nice season last year in, in Indianapolis, and Indiana. I think he's going to be a perfect complement 
on that back end. Trayvon Diggs is what he is. He's that riverboat gambler. He's going to make a big play, but he's going to give up a lot of big yardage as well. Cowboys, I hate to say it, man. I hate to give Cowboys credit for anything, but they got a nice nucleus of players down there, man. Yep. Uh, I can't emphasize that. your boy back, Cavante Turpin. Turpin, Turpin, yeah, the, the, the road runner. The road Speech, runner is back. Yeah. And then they bring in Brandon Cooks. You know, we we talked about that the other day, but, you know, say what you want to say about Brandon being that journeyman. Brandon can still go. He can still yeah, yeah. get it. He, and I tell you what, he's going to open up things in the middle of that field, man, for the tight ends, the wide receivers, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and those guys. Um, and he's going to be a home run hitter. Now, can 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 Dak get him the ball? The Dak Prescott of 2022, I'm hoping, is the Dak Prescott of 2023, yes. especially with Mike McCarthy calling the plays now. Bro, that's a blessing what? in disguise. A blessing in disguise. And I, I don't I, I don't understand why they don't give, I think it's Shanahan, um, not Shanahan, but Schottenheimer, yeah. a chance to, 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 to call the office, man. Brian, you know, his, his pops – you know, taught him pretty well, man. Schottenheimer, he he used to be able to call plays very well, man. So he's not even giving him an opportunity to call the plays. I don't mind. I know, man. <laughs> um, I don't mind at all. No, another note to pass along. Cam Newton threw more than 30 passes at Auburn's Pro Day yesterday, and everybody came away saying he still got it. Now, what? Cam, yeah, he still got it. Um. You think Cam can make a return to the NFL? Uh, last time he played was uh, 12-26-21 in a game. Um, he's a big dude, man. That dude's built like a Greek god. Um, his, his last stint, more interceptions than touchdowns. But look, A.B. Brooks, let's, let's, let's call it what it is. He said, I can't believe all these randoms still got jobs. And, and I'm inclined to, to agree with him, man. There's a he's whole lot of dudes. Rush. Huh? He's better than Cooper Rush. And he's better than a whole lot of Cooper Rushes in the National Football right, League. Right, right, right. I think he can find a niche somewhere where he can go in and be a, a backup to somebody and be a mentor to a younger quarterback. I could see him going to um, like a Houston, uh, like a, an Atlanta, uh, and being a mentor uh, for what's to come, whoever Houston decides to draft uh, or the quarterback down um, in Atlanta. Um, I, I think – I think Cam still has some value. Now, he's not going to make the big money he made throughout a lot of his career, but I think he has some football knowledge and still some attributes he could he could lend to a team that could definitely use his services in a clutch. Well, you know, he goes somewhere like – I mean, even went to Jacksonville, down there with Doug, and helping help Doug, you know what I'm saying, as far as uh, mentoring a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. At this point, C.J. Beathard, is, he's better than C.J. Beathard the second-team quarterback. He's way better than C.J. Beathard. So he's some value down there to be, you know, a, a backup quarterback. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, if you look at, you know, a team like – a team like, you know, the Detroit Lions, they mm -hmm. don't have a backup quarterback right Good now. Good point. Nobody, they don't even have a backup on their roster. Mm. So, you know, they could go there. I mean, it's, it's, it's plenty of opportunity for them because at this point – I think Cam, the way he is right now, he's still better than twenty. He 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 better. He'd be right around twenty eight or twenty nine as far as quarterbacks in the league right now. Okay, and that's saying he could be a starter, but he's he better than twenty eight, twenty nine. He's right around at twenty eight, twenty nine as far as his worth as being a quarterback. Mm, okay, um, Jalen Mills, the Green Goblin, re-signs with the Patriots for one year for six point one million dollars. 
Um, you know, you, I'm looking at New England secondary right now with Jalen back in there. They have Miles um, uh, Bryant at one cornerback, Jabril, Jabril Peppers at a safety, Kyle Duggar at a safety, uh, Jonathan Jones, Marcus Jones, Adrian Phillips, and now, um, you know, Jalen Mills is back. Hey, you know, New England, I, I will say this about Bill Belichick. You know, the offense ever since Brady has left has taken a hit. But that defense is going to let you know they're on the field. And Jalen, Jalen's played pretty well um, yep. in that New England defense. He played very well. I'm surprised they had made him move to safety. Uh, I thought he had average speed as a corner, but he had great speed at being a safety in his younger years. I don't know where he is now, if he can still run or not. But some of a smart player, knows where he's supposed to be at, makes plays. Um. Very consistent player, man. Say what you want to say. He he's played well for that right. Patriots team. You know what I mean? And for him to make six million, it shows his worth in the league. He's worth that uh to them. And that's what he's worth as far as the market. Would the Eagles pay that much for him? No. No. No, <laughs> no. no, that's, not, no that's not gonna happen. No, no, no. I mean that's so that's 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 a great opportunity for him to make some plays, man. Definitely an opportunity for him to make some plays. All right. Uh, we're going to step aside one final time in this show. When we come back, we'll we'll keep the flow going. And, of course, we've got birthdays and movies. Barrett's favorite part of the show, the birthdays and the movies. That and more coming up as we wrap up this Wednesday edition of Sports Take right here on the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Don't go away. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit i get scared sometimes of a lot of things joining in decisions the dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? or reminds you to go with the flow, to get your feet wet and your wheels spinning. One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away. Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the wild woods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. 
As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Back on this edition of Sports Tate, and one thing about the NFL offseason, uh, B. Brooks, the breaking news uh, never stops, man. Uh, this just coming across from both uh, Tom Pelissaro and uh, Adam Schefter. The Jets. Man, where the Jets getting all this doggone money from? The Jets, <laughs> the Jets have just uh, signed Mecole Hardman from the Chiefs to a one-year deal for $6.5 million. Now oh, they got somebody geez. to run the jet sweeps for them and, and stretch the field. Dude, look look at the look at the uh jet skill position players. Now they still have Corey Davis. I believe Corey Davis is on his way out. Okay. But you have Garrett Wilson, you have Elijah Moore. They just signed Alan Lazard for 44 million. Now you have Miko Hartman. Uh you have tight ends uh Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama. I mean all they're missing is a quarterback. Come on, man. I mean, Corey Davis. Corey Davis is still a style. He can still. Uh, he's comparable to uh, almost like an AJ Brown s type of player, a big, big wide receiver. I agree. So, I mean, come on, man. Uh, like you said, Elijah Moore. I mean, Alan Lazard, running the rock. You know, Brace Hall. I mean, this this. They're going to be a really, really good offense. They get a tight end. They need a tight end, man. Uh, 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 they need a quarterback. Yeah, I need a quarterback. I'm quarterback. They got, <laughs> they got a good tight end. I was looking at the tight ends. <laughs> yeah, they need a quarterback, B. Brooks. Um, man, I'm telling you, this Aaron Rodgers thing, uh, and I know both I know both Green Bay and, and uh, the Jets right now are on pins and needles. Let, let's look at it from the Jets' perspective first. You go out there. And you make the Christmas present look a whole lot more appealing to Aaron. You bring in his boy, Alan Lazar. Now you got Miko Hartman. You already had, you know, Garrett Wilson. You already had Elijah Moore. You already had Brees Hall. But they're sitting there going, are we going to pull? Can you imagine if the Jets had to go into this season without an Aaron Rodgers under center after all the stuff they'd done this all season to make this thing that much better? <laughs> no, it's got to be done now. It's got to really? be done, man. In fact, you know, this it's got to be it's got to be the Jets or bust for for, you know, for A-Rod. He's got to get there. A-Rod could retire. He's still getting the money from Green Bay. He could retire. This dude this dude not playing with a full deck, dude. We we're not talking about your typical professional football player who's thinking money, opportunity. Let's face it, Green Bay's going nowhere fast. Those glory days in Green Bay are over. Green Bay's in a rebuilding mode or want to be in a rebuilding mode or retooling mode. Aaron Rodgers at age 39 has an opportunity to walk into a situation where they can make a significant push with that team and push Buffalo. You think about Buffalo, 
Buffalo is starting to fade a little bit, man. Yes. Um, and they're losing players. They've lost Devin, Devin Singletary. They're losing some players over there in Buffalo while the Jets are adding players. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 you know, and Jets are adding players. Yep. So the Jets have a chance right now to jump to over them. Yeah. Past the Miamis and, and the Buffaloes, and you know, Joe Douglas has done a great job, you know, drafting and assembling a team with with vets. Could you imagine if they don't get Aaron Rodgers the quarterback that team? What? One of the good versions is, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> we what were about, just playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about on the other hand? Can you imagine if Green Bay is stuck with Aaron Rodgers and you got the kid Jordan Love waiting to get his shot just the way Aaron Rodgers waited to get his chance way back when? Can you imagine that? That puts that puts Green Bay in a very unenviable situation because – you have to justify drafting Jordan Love in the first round when you took him, number one. This is his time to shine. It's his time to take over. You've gone as far as you could go with Aaron Rodgers to the point the Green Bay brass doesn't even talk about Aaron Rodgers now when they have media sessions. They don't even bring Aaron Rodgers' name up. So they basically told you a few weeks ago, we are ready to move on from Aaron. They're tired of it. Well, they've been tired of it. Yeah, you know, so – how are they going to do it though? Because they I mean the cap hit is going to be crazy because they're going to have to pay some of that money before he goes to the Jets, and I right. think that's the biggest right. thing right there. How much money they're going to allocate to his salary if he if they do trade him? They're going to want a, you know major part of his salary being paid. They're not they don't want to just bring all that in. You know that'd be kind of messed up. You know what I'm saying? For them to bring all that in. And not only that, but but Aaron Aaron right now is basically screwing Green Bay over because. If you notice, Green Bay has not made any moves in free agency. They've lost a few key players again. They, I don't think they know exactly what they have in terms of what kind of money they're working with or not. So exactly. they, have made, they have not made any moves whatsoever in free agency to try to shore up that team around Jordan Love if Jordan Love is the heir apparent to take over for Rodgers. And I've seen reports, B. Brooks, and this is crazy. This, this potential trade thing could linger into the spring, well into mm. the spring. You know, And when I say spring, I'm talking about like May, June. It'll put them in an unbelievable position because you can't do anything right now because your hands are tied behind your back because 50 million, no, was it 58 million dollars of his contract is still sitting on the books. Right, right. They can do nothing about it. It's still sitting on the books. So Davis Love is sitting like, hey man, come on, man. You guys are junk, you know, yanking my chain now. Come on, give me a, you gotta throw me a bone. Let me know what I'm doing right now. Because if he stays. If he stays in Green Bay, that means that it'd be one more year that Jordan Love is not going to be on the field. Yep. And this is his last year of his contract is this year. Yeah, yeah. So talking about screwed, I mean, they, uh, he's got him by the cojones, bro. Not <laughs> only that, Rod has got him by the cojones. Yeah, and not only that, dude, it's affecting both teams' draft. Yes. Think yep. about that. In terms of what they need to do in terms of a draft, it's affecting both teams. He's just sitting there like, all right. Look what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? I've got everything. I've got the world, you know what I'm saying, in my hand. A-Rod is sitting in the cockpit of the airplane right now, and ain't no co-pilots. Right. He's a sole pilot <laughs> in the cockpit of the airplane right now, and he knows it. And he, he's he's basically, he's holding two teams hostage right now. Yes, he is. That's, man, that's that's killer, man. That's, that's, that's messed up for real, bro. That's real messed mm. up, man. And he knows he's doing it, too. He knows he's doing it. Exactly. 
Um, all right. Uh, obviously, that saga is going to be talked about and played out. Who knows? By the time we sit here tomorrow, maybe it'll be resolved. I doubt it. Knowing because you know, Green Bay's got to save face. You know, if 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 the if the Seattle Seahawks got five draft picks and four players for Russell Wilson, what is Green Bay thinking? Did the, what is Green Bay thinking they should get for a future Hall of Famer from the Jets? And right. what? And, and Joe Douglas is a shrewd businessman. He ain't giving up the farm. He ain't giving up. He'll give up something, but he ain't giving up the farm. So Green Bay's got to save face in this deal. He didn't have to. No, you know, he so, didn't have to. They don't have a quarterback. No. But I mean, what do they do going forward? I mean, who 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 who's going to even be quarterback right now? Exactly. They don't have anybody. Exactly. I mean, Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson. starter. But no, Chris. Don't say uh, Zach Wilson. You know what people are going to start doing. Don't say Zach. Don't do it. Well, look at the backup. Chris was Strevelair. Strevelair is the backup quarterback. Who's he? Chris Strevelair. S T R E V E L E R. Chris Strevelair from South Dakota. <laughs> Come on, man. When, when was the last? When was the last time we we saw? Um, a good quarterback come out of South Carolina. <laughs> I mean, South Dakota, I mean. Um, you know, uh, this just coming in from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, NBA. Uh, Paul George expected to be out the rest of the regular season's nine games, but his timetable for a possible return in the playoffs will be clearer when he's reevaluated. Ugh. Right now they're calling it a right sprain knee, but you know, that, you know how that goes in football. A sprain becomes a, you know, uh, grade two, grade three, right, right. It becomes a tear. You know, see, you got these people talking already. See, they started with the milf hunter stuff again. Mm-hmm. Thanks to you, Chris D. Duck, John Dickinson, knock it off. We ain't talking about the milf milf hunter today. All right. Anyway, um, let's get to some birthdays. I'm gonna let you go first because I got a laundry list. A lot of big name uh, birthdays out there today. Well, I'll get the little names that I know you won't get, like okay. Mick Schumacher. He wasn't. He was an F1 racer. He got demoted for F2, but his son, that's Michael Schumacher's son. He's 23 today. Um, Let me see. uh, Candace McClure. She's from Battlestar Galactica. You know, really good actor. Uh, uh, Stephanie Mills. Stephanie Mills, yep. Great singer. 66, yep. Um, Keegan Michael Key. Yes. From Key and Pill. Yep. He's 52 today. CNN's own Wolf Blitzer. Yes, twenty-five for day. Absolutely. Um, Edwin Diaz, they call him Sugar. He's twenty-eight today. Mm. The Edwin Diaz who uh, is out for the year now for the Mets. <laughs> That's up, okay. I can't believe. I still That's can't believe he got hurt celebrating. Right, right, right. Um, Sean Bradley, former Sixer, turned fifty-one. Dude, you, you, Sean Bradley, you talk about one of the biggest busts in the history of the NBA. Bro, I played against Sean Bradley. Where? In high school or college? In high school. What? I was in high school, and they, they played. First of all, we played against his team, um, I think from Utah, and we're playing against this team called the 7-Up Shootout in, in, in St. Louis, and they were invited. So we're playing against him, and I can remember he dunked in him, man, and his, you know, his jump was all on my face, dog. First of all, ah. I was the first one to hold him under 20 points ah. his entire career. Right. I'm saying in high school, I held him to 18 points, but long story long, I can remember we're playing him. Right. So I'm, I'm only, I'm only six, three at the time. So I'm only up to like, you know, just above his shorts. 
and I'm elbowing them. I'm, I'm giving them the business, you know. So I'm keeping them out the lane. I'm keeping them out the lane. I'm so I press them all the way up to the uh, all the way up to the free throw line. And I'm just, you know, saying I'm 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 dealing them. You know, I know his ribs and everything were bruised. Oh. I was killing them. All of a sudden, it was his guards. He had three guards. They weren't even six foot. They won the game for him. They were shooting threes. I mean, it was crazy how deep they were shooting threes from. Right. They were coming down. They weren't even worried about Sean Bradley. They were shooting threes and killing us. Well, they came down one time, and guess what the play was called? What? Trojan. Oh, geez. All I remember, I got up at the top of the game. Oh, geez. Trojan, Trojan, Trojan. So they called Trojan. So I'm, boom, I'm, I'm, I'm elbowing him. All of a sudden, he spins like this. And when he spins like this, he kind of hooked me. So I turned around the opposite way to play good defense. As soon as I turned around, he stood up on his tippy toes, grabbed it, and dunked it. And I dunked it right into me. I'm like, oh, dog, he dunked on me, man. I'm like, oh, man, in the face, man. Oh, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? This, this dude was 7'6". Yeah. And he only, he only averaged 8.1 points per game for his entire career. <laughs> and he was a second player taken overall. And, and, and just to show you, add insult to injury, here's some of the players who went after him in that draft back in 1993. Penny Hardaway, Vin Baker, George Lynch, wow. Sam Cassell, Allen Houston, and Jamal Mashburn. Wow. All went man. after him in that draft. I know the 76ers are sick when they look back on that, man. But you can't, can't live in the past. All right, who else you got? Brian Shaw, remember he's a pretty good basketball player. Brian Shaw, fifty-seven. Yep. yep. Marcus Camby. Marcus Camby. Yep. Yeah, forty-nine years old. Yes, and sir. then um, I got um, I got JJ Watt. He's turned thirty-four. Yeah, I hate to see him retire, but you know what? He's at a, and from from the great city of Pewaukee, um, Wisconsin, dude, which is like right down the road from Milwaukee, one of the best fishing lakes. Pewaukee Lake is one of the best fishing lakes in the state of Wisconsin. Beautiful. Oh, is it? Bass, Northern Pike. Oh my goodness, beautiful wow. lake. Wow. Yeah, Jahan Dotson is twenty three. Oh, his receiver. birthday today. Yeah, receiver okay. from Washington, and Thomas Davis, the old linebacker from. Um, oh yeah, he turned forty eight today. Linebacker Played uh, sixteen seasons in the NFL. Yeah, then uh, you know one last one, man. George Benson turned eighty oh, years old today. I can't believe George Benson is eighty, man. I know, man. No, but man, he man. What? Playing a guitar and, and the way you know that that, that shoebox stuff, he's the man, he, he was the real deal, bro. I mean, he didn't play a guitar, he made a guitar sing, just like, yeah, 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 he made a guitar <laughs> sing. dude. His song Masquerade, still one of my all time favorites. Oh, yeah, you love that song, yeah, what? what? <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. you know, he's from Pittsburgh, born I didn't know and raised that. in Pittsburgh, yeah, I did not know that, yeah, man. All right, you got any more? No, nah, that's it, bro. That's all. Oh man, I got. I mean, you you do your homework, man. I got. No, I know you had the bunch of them, so I just Ooh. got the, the ones you wouldn't get. <laughs> uh, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, uh, forty-seven years old. William Shatner, Star Trek's own. He's still with us, ninety-two years old. Wow. Uh, Constance Wu, who played in the movie. You ever see the movie Crazy Rich Asians? Yes. That movie is funny, man. Yeah, it is, man. Yeah, she uh, she's forty-one. Uh, Tanya Raymond from Texas Chainsaw Massacre and NCIS is 35. Uh, the great composer Andrew Lloyd Webber is 75. Uh, James uh, Brendan Patterson, you know who he is? No, he wrote the book Along Came a Spider, which turned out to be a great movie with Morgan Freeman. Great movie! Oh, I love that movie. I yep. still watch it every time. It's one of those Me quick too. movies. Yep, yep. Uh, Rick Stick Harrison, yeah. 
Rick Harrison, I love the show. It's on the History Channel called Pawn, uh, Pawn Stars TV show. Yep, you know, they got yep. the pawn shops. Yep. Rick Harrison is 58. Uh, one of your boys, Joey Porter. JP. Joey Porter is 46. Wow. JP, I missed that. Yeah. Uh, actress Alice David is 36. The legendary Bob Costas is 71. Wow. I can sit down and, and listen to Bob Costas read Dr. Seuss books, man. He's got that voice <laughs> and that smooth tone to him. I can listen go. to Bob Costas all day. Uh, the uh, Christian and evangelicus, uh, evangelist and broadcaster, Pat Robertson, is 93. Wow. Okay. Uh, football analyst, Todd Shea, is yeah. 46. I work with Todd a bunch of times. Okay. Uh, former NFL running back, Chris Ivory, is 35. I remember him. Yep. Uh, actor, Cole Hauser, uh, is 48. Too Fast, Too Furious. He was mm-hmm. in that one. Yep. Uh, the actor Matthew Modine is 64. Uh, you remember Carl Malden from the streets of San Francisco? No. You never watched that show? Great no. detective show back in the day. He played Mike Stone on the streets of San Francisco. He, he's 97. Uh, the great mime, Marcel Marceau. Um, okay. He passed away, but he died at the age of 84. Chico Marx, you remember the Marx Brothers? Yep. Marx Brothers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 84. Um, Ann Dudick from the movie White Chicks. Yes. That movie's fun. She's 48 now. Uh, let's see who else I got on this list here. Uh, Ross Martin, who did you ever watch the old show Wild Wild West? Yes. Uh, he played Artemis Gordon in that movie, in that show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's 61. Uh, uh, passed away at age 61. Russell Maryland, former defensive tackle. Yeah, Miami. <clears throat> Three-time Super Bowl champion. Yep. Yep. He's 54. The Cowboys, yep. Yeah. Uh, offensive tackle, Jimbo Covert. Yep. Jimbo Big Covert. Jimbo. Yep. Played his entire career with the Bears from uh, 1983 to 91. 63. Uh, the basketball player, great basketball player, Don Chaney, played for the yeah. Celtics. He won a championship with the Celtics, and he won another championship as a coach with Houston. Uh, he's 77 now. Uh, Mike Bray, when I first came to the Delaware area, Mike Bray was a head coach at the University of Delaware. He's been, uh, since 2000, a head coach at Notre Dame. He's 64 now. Another guy you know, Steve Wisniewski, former Eagle from 2016 yeah, to 2018. Um, he's 34 uh, you. I know you. I know you know this name. I should make you pronounce it because I love listening to you pronounce names. Marcus Tuiasasopo, quarterback. Tuiasasopo. Yes. Yep. He uh, went to Washington, didn't he? Yes, he did. Former quarterback and one of the greatest infielders to ever play the game. Juan Uribe, okay. uh, two-time World Series champion, uh, is forty-four years of age. Uh, movies. You got any movies? No, I don't have any movies. You got any movies? Okay, two thousand nineteen. You have the movie uh, Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you saw this one with Morgan Freeman, 2013 Olympus has fallen. Yep, yep, that was that was uh, good, man. That was that a good was movie, good. and I, this is one of my favorites. Uh, Wesley Snipes, uh, Blade Two, came it. out in 2002, and then uh, back in the day, I loved I loved kung fu movies, man. 1972, Fist of Fury with uh, Bruce Lee. Bruce, yeah, yep, yep. Mm. So those are the birthdays and the movies of the day. And as I look up, we are out of time. Hey, I got to thank uh, Zach Berman for joining us today from The Athletic. 
Uh, Rob Ellis, as I told you throughout the course of the show, is off today and tomorrow. He will be back with us on Friday. Uh, so until then, for Barry Brooks, I'm Derek Gunn. Don't go anywhere because the National Football Show with Dan Cilio is on the other side of this break. Until we meet again, same time, same place tomorrow. Have yourselves a great day, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on this edition of Sports Take. So long, everybody. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.